ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, TerraMaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. TPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV damper with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk Sandy. Hey everybody, I'd like to welcome you to ATV Talk. I have John, Natalie, Joe Bird, and Shane Hitt. Um, the three most unlikely guys to be seen in the same spot at the same time. Um, we're going to talk some old races. We're going to talk some rivalries. And I'm sure we're going to hear a lot of wild fish stories. <laughs> we already heard that, Joe. John Natalie caught the biggest fish you ever caught in my pond five years ago. I did. His pond is like four foot by four foot, and I caught a six foot carp. I don't understand it. Well, you know, <laughs> you still caught it, didn't you? <laughs> I even went swimming to get it out because I was afraid to lose it. Well, you know, <laughs> you go swimming in ankle deep water. That's right. Hey. Well, you ever seen? I'm not much of a swimmer, so <laughs> that's for sure. You can look at him and tell him that. Oh, man. I, I don't know who's going to answer this first, but you've all rode two strokes and you've all rode four strokes. Which is the harder machine to ride? Oh, two strokes. For sure, two strokes. And you know what? That's why Mr. Shane hit was so badass in two stroke days because he weighs like a buck 30. And so when we had 35 horsepower, him and his Curtis Sparks illegal motors, they fucking, or they freaking smoked our ass. We got four strokes. <laughs> then Shane hit couldn't ride a real man's bike. So he had to retire. But most of the people. <laughs> Got better on four strokes. Yes, you Watch, know. Dan, you got to stick up for yourself here. It took a ta- it took it took a lot of talent to ride a two stroke. It just left Bert out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a, a two stroke. No, I'm serious. No. Two strokes are rough. I mean, you have two no strokes man. were harder to ride for sure. But anybody could maintenance them things. And Shane was about as dumb as a box of rocks, but kind of maintenance them. So you know, him and Curtis just got them ready every weekend and. You know, I was double his weight. You know, hell, I weighed his weight when I was in eighth grade. Well, that's not his fault. It's not his fault. You know, I'm just saying. When he got on a real man's bike with 50 horsepower, he could, he had to retire. <laughs> Did you say 60? Or I thought the Birdman was running like 70 or something like that. 
71.5 beer, exact. <laughs> and it was not legal. legal. It was not legal. <laughs> hey, but I, I never got caught cheating. Hey, you know what's funny? John, I was talking about this with somebody the other day, Joe. What'd you say? And, and I, I was talking about this with somebody the other day, and I said, Joe, Joe never met a track he couldn't cut. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> hey, hold on. Do you remember Glenn Helen that one time when I cut the corner, I jumped from one finger to the next finger and use the second one to do it? There was a bunch of us that did it. I did it first and I got protested. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know what Harv said? Harv said, monkey see, monkey do. I'm like, what the hell does that mean? Because I did it first. I got pulled. I got y'all cost me five thousand dollars. I still want to raise. You wanna know what's really funny about that? Because you remember Danville with the with the uh, mud race down there? Yeah, and I got protest flat and I got fine flat too. And you were the one that started it. The first thing they said is Joe Bird was a leader. I'm like, I didn't really think we had a leader, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, say that. Hey, hold on, John. Say that again. Let me hear it. And they they said you were the leader. Oh, they said, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I didn't think we had a leader. I thought we all made our own decisions. But hey, if they wanted to give you the extra fine, I was okay with it. <laughs> right? Oh, hey, that's too funny. Hey, John, you see that bike right there? Look at that. That's one later. You mean Heather's? <laughs> oh, I can show you Heather's. I still got hers. That bitch ain't did my bike. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Look Come on now. <laughs> oh. oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> How how did you guys ever make it to the starting line without fisticuffs? Well, we did a couple of times. You know what? The first time John Atali graced my presence was in <laughs> Texas. His dumbass had no, no. I'm sorry, I'm John. I'm, I'm being facetious there, John. So calm down. Uh, we were in what's that TT race? We used to race in East Tennessee. Yo, you might remember that Boy, race. Uh, oh, Greenville, uh, Greenville, Greenville yeah. Tennessee, Greenville. Yeah. John Natalia showed up on the starting line in his ugly ass banshee. This thing, I mean, I would smack his mom in the face for this thing. This thing was the nastiest, ugliest looking banshee you've ever seen in your life. And his A-arm bolt was about to fall out. I said, John, hey, John, I don't know who the hell you are, but John, your A-arm bolt's about to fall out. Oh, thank you, John. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, guess what? He goes out and wins the race. I think he beats all of our races. And then the next weekend, we're at Wolf Creek Motocross in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. Then I'm Barry McCarty pulls a whole shot. I come out second somehow. No, I barely get a good start in the days. But and I'm like trying to pass Barry McCarty. We go on this big ass tabletop. Barry didn't do it. And I didn't do it because I was out of respect. I don't want to jump on him. Guess who jumped on me? <laughs> Are you kidding me? John and Tally jumped on my head. You know, you know what's funny about that? It was, it was, the, he's right 100%. He just, Back then, I had no brains. It was either go crash or go home. You know, well, he, he had he had no brains for a long time. But anyways, <laughs> he jumped on me. I was I was so pissed off, and he broke. He landed on my head, broke my nerf bar, broke my pipe, and I was like, I'm so mad. So I waited a whole lap for him to come back by. He came back by, and I ran into him. And then after the race, sure, that's for sure. Hey, I wasn't always fast, but I was always faster than Shane. <laughs> Yeah, you were always faster than me. And run that mouth. Exactly right. Shane, I don't think there was anybody ever faster than Come on, you got to get the A game here, Shane. Come on. Are you old? I mean, you're like getting 50 now, ain't you? I know. I was thinking about this earlier, and I'm thinking, you know, I raced a little bit with John, you know, one and off. And, you know, I raced quite a bit with you, but 
really, I was done about 2004, really. After that, when I went four strokes. I really didn't run with you guys after that. I think you done like 98. So, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm still kicking your after that. <laughs> hey, Shane Hit was a bad dude. Hey, 97, I think he won his championship that year. He was a bad dude. Nobody could touch Shane Hit that year. He was he was on his game. I give him that. Yeah. Yeah, it was him, you know, it was him and John Scott, I think, that year, wasn't it? No, John it Scott? Was, I think him and Doug and Farr that year. I think Scott already got out of the picture. I think it was Doug okay. and yeah. Farr that raced. Yeah, that, that, and, oh, Doug Eichner. Doug Eichner won that race Eichner. in my horse that year. And you clinched your championship that year. Yeah. yeah. I won the championship in 97. And, and I, I seen a thing the other day. And I was first. Timmy was second. Uh, Digger was third. And I. Fuck. Pretty much won all the TTs. I mean, that's kind of what I was kind of focused on. Really, was the TTs. I didn't. You guys took all that motocross training and all that stuff a lot ser- more serious than I well, did. Well, that's I, what I said at the beginning of the show. You didn't train for shit. No, you, you just know, actually gifted, you just could ride your fucking ass off a motor. Oh, sorry, you could ride your ass off a motocross and good enough to maintain your points. And you was a bad dude on TTs. I mean, you were the best TT. You and old Greg Baker, the baddest two TT riders ever seen. Like. Smartest, without a doubt, smartest. Well, you know, I kind of just for a long time wanted to. It's like I didn't want to separate the series because it, it it really fit well because I knew. And and here's the thing: the motocross. Shane hit. You're in tenth place. Yeah. I mean that that was yeah. you said it, Shane. There was Doug Gus, Tim Farr, you, John. There were all these guys. There was ten guys that could win. Yeah, that's it. There's guys we don't. I mean, you use like Corey Ellis and, and uh, Todd Viscovi and Travis Spader, and it just it Jeremy was so- Shea, all these guys. Yeah. How many multi-time champions were actually did we all have to race against? <laughs> a lot. You don't have that no more. Six or seven. I think once Denton went, there was like six or seven guys. I mean, Denton told me one day, and I, he named them all off. Obviously, there was there was Joe, there was there was you, John, there was there was Timmy, there was Doug, there was Travis, there was me. Um, I don't know, a Jeremiah. Yeah. Uh, so there's a pile, and, and and it's crazy. And not to take anything away from the guys today, the guys today are fast. I've been to a few, but they are. it's it's a think about the last five years. There's only been two winners. That's it. Yeah. You yeah. Nobody else has won a race. You see the head trick and winning show. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. I think honest to God, I think any of us three could go podium today if we got six, eight weeks of training. Well, I, maybe. Have to get I, I can go fast for two laps. That's about it. <laughs> well, I got two laps even too. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, John, you remember when you was at my house when we pushed the quads up the driveway? Yeah. You know, I was thinking about that. You know, the crazy yeah. part about that, you know what I said? I said, what? you beat me pushing the quad up the hill then, but now the quad couldn't push you up the hill. You're exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, just for the record, John, I beat you pushing the quad up the driveway. Not by much. Hey, hey, an inch or a mile didn't matter, right? And, and listen, your mechanic cheated. We all know that. He well, helped for you sure. Push. Oh, yeah, yeah, I never got caught cheating. <laughs> Who was your mechanic? Hold on. Let's see what I got in my hand here. Thank you, Super Boring. Yeah. <laughs> Super Bowl rings. That's how many times you married, John. <laughs> and wedding rings. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I. 
I've only got went but one time it cost me Heather cost me five hundred thousand dollars just so you know. So forget that stuff. Forget it. That's a nice catch rate on that. Yeah. So anyways, John, I just I beat you and then uh, Shane. I'm pretty sure I beat you at your local track there and uh, with that uh, Shinson West Virginia. What that track we rolled at? Shins. That was the TD. What was that track we rolled at? Me and we you practiced one day together at that little podunk ass track. Pyramid Valley, the one right off the I-70. Pyramid Valley, that's it. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I got my name sketched on the fastest lap time in the world on that wall. Remember that? You never beat me there. I didn't. <laughs> no, you're on crack. I can still beat your ass there. <laughs> Don't cheat, especially on a two stroke. <laughs> oh, and that Shane on a two-stroke was badass. You put some horsepower underneath him, some real horsepower you couldn't handle. Let's, hey, let's just put him on a. Let's put you guys on four strokes and go to the TT. I bet you still smoke you. Well, no, I, I got my money on Shane. You know, I weigh two hundred seventy pounds right now, so I don't know. What you? <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm a I'm a lean two thirty nine, really. Two thirty nine. A lean two thirty nine. Yeah. What, what happened, brother? Well, hey, John, what do you got in the bottom of that white shirt? There, I see some. I see some pudginess there. What's going on here? You know what a dude got? Dinner. You got a diggy do? You got a diggy do? I understand. <laughs> yeah. No, my belly don't stick out further than that yet. Well, you know, uh, hey, it is what it is, brother. Hey, listen. Uh, we're we're told you that wine isn't fattening lines. Uh, I hear you. Hey Lenny, give oh. me some questions, Lenny. Come on, Lenny. Well, you guys were you guys were cutting it up pretty hard, so I was uh, letting it roll because it, it, it's just a lot of fun to to. Uh, right, you got three multi-time national championships. Shane hit, honestly, got bad dude, one of the baddest quarters I've ever seen. John Talley, the most cheapest quarter I've ever seen, but he's a, still a bad dude. But you know, hey, but I thought you were the one that keeps bragging about not getting caught cheating, and he hasn't said anything about cheating yet. I never really got caught cheating. Are you kidding you me? You got caught a lot. How many times did you get caught moving flags and moving turns? No, I never got caught cheating. <laughs> they didn't find you, but you, you got caught. You never find it in, in, in uh, Glen Helen. I think it's no, no. Well, no, I did get fined there, but John did the same bullshit I did. But hey, he let me the Same way I did, but I did it first, and he did it second. They, they fined me five thousand dollars. Well, then let's talk about. Hey, what about mechanics with bolts in her shoes? <laughs> uh, what are you talking about? I don't have no mechanics with bolts in her shoes. Uh. <laughs> One bolt, I there guess, were self-tapping screws. <laughs> Let me tell you what, his mechanic was cool as ice, though. Because we're like, hey, uh, uh, I believe it was Smitty at the time. I can't even remember who it was. It was Smitty. We're like, take a look at his shoes. So he picks his left one up. There's nothing in his left one. I was like, how about looking at the other one? Picks his other one up. He's got freaking self-tapping screws all the bottom of his shoes. He had he had <laughs> screws. The dumb. I didn't. I honest to God, didn't know he did that. He had the screws in one shoe, through the backside down the bottom. I had screws so he could dig up the start bed. I'm like, I didn't even know he did that. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? And so Smitty goes, give me a hundred bucks. I'm like, why am I getting hundred bucks? Because your your guys got illegal shoes on. I'm like. <laughs> Here's a hundred bucks and pulled a whole shot one both motos. So here you go. You know, so you won the race and you still cheated. <laughs> the funny My part about it is had, uh, a lot of that his his soles were about to fall off his shoes, so we had to make sure they were bolted <laughs> on right. That's all it was. I didn't want to have his soles fall off. <laughs> well, if his if his if his uh, racer would have paid him more money for being a mechanic, he'd have been able to buy his shoes. Hey, that's ask your, hey, how much you pay your last mechanic? 
<laughs> Ten grand for a championship. I'll pay mine a hundred. So there you go. Oh man! Hey, well, shit, I'm gonna work for you. What? I said I want to work for you if you're paying a hundred for a championship. I did. I paid him a hundred grand for the championship. Ten thousand dollars a race for the win. <laughs> so he never made any money. <laughs> not, not when I was racing you. <laughs> you cheating? <laughs> oh, you guys are killing me, killing me. Hey, hey, no shit though. Hey, let me let me give Shane hit a prop. You remember Shane? How broke I used to be. I used to drive the races a freaking old ass van. Shane hit gave me these big body olden shots to race on his Lager Pro Tracks front end. And I hoard them things out as long as I could. He finally said, Joe, I need my damn shots back. <laughs> but I had no money. And Shane was gracious enough to give me some badass 20 inch uh, Olin's front shots to run my uh, Lager front end. And I, I, I appreciate that, Shane. That was that. I didn't, I never told you thank you, but I really do appreciate that. I, all about that. I do. I remember the shots. I think I bought them from Nose or something. I don't even know how I ended up with those things. I think you did get them out of nose. Yeah. I don't know. You know what, yep. you know what's funny about that, guys? If you if you think about it, like Shane went around, you know, like he said, he was done in 2003, 2004, somewhere in there. But back then, even though I hated Joe, Joe hated me, we, we'd sooner throw rocks at each other than, than even walk down the same street. But if I showed up to the line and Joe had a flat tire and I had a tire sitting there, I'd put my tire on his bike just so we could race each other. You're exactly Nowadays, right. I want to beat your ass. I want. Yeah. I didn't want to beat you with That's your handicap. Right. And but it was everybody. Shane was that way. Timmy was that way. Doug was that way. Everybody was that way. We all yeah, wanted to race right. each other. It was you know we wouldn't even have time protest anybody because we still wanted to race them. You know we didn't we hey. didn't we didn't. And care. John, how many times did you protest me? No, I don't think any. How many times did I protest you? I don't think any. Shane. I don't know that I ever protested. I got protested a couple of times, but I don't think I ever protested anybody. I, I got protested by that's, Suzuki. That's, that's when we're all men were men were racing. You get beat, you fucking, you freaking just get beat. You know what I mean? Yeah. And well, we're all legally illegal. Cheating, What's that? How many times you get caught cheating? I never did get caught cheating. That's good. So, yeah. there you no. go. Joe's the I only mean, one. One time I won <laughs> in Danville, Virginia. And they tore my motor down. I don't even remember who protested me. And they measured it. And it's back in the two strokes. And it was a 265. And, and whoever was measuring, I think, was, was Wayne Meridian and somebody. <laughs> they come up. One eye. The Mo idiot. Not I like, Curtis and Curtis said, I said, is that right? Curtis said, no, but it's legal. <laughs> 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 and that's who done shocks. So. That's <laughs> <Yes>, right. <laughs> Wayne, yeah, Wayne's one of the smartest guys I know. Wayne Meridian. Wayne Meridian is he he came here and fixed my damn uh, plumbing one time. <laughs> He's so damn smart. <laughs> he fixed Shane, over you, the got, you got Shane hit, you got lucky on that damn bike you bought, that leg you got from him a couple weeks or months ago. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I got it. You got, it, you got it done yet? It's all done, but guess what? I'm waiting on shocks and I'm waiting on <laughs> Curtis and my cylinder. Imagine so that. It's I mean what makes you wait. 20 years, 30 years, maybe. You mean you didn't have a cylinder hanging around on the shelf? I did. I had a brand new power valve, and I sent it to Curtis just to make sure the piston and everything, brand new piston and everything, and, and I haven't got it back yet. So that's either he's out here. Gosh. Probably, probably out in some sand dune somewhere. That's right. That's right. Well, I'll tell you that what I know of it, that he is slammed. He's, he's as busy as we are, and you can't get anybody to help you work. Yeah, I know. Hey, I, 
feel bad calling and, and saying, hey, Curtis, I need his stuff because I know he's busy and I'm not racing. And same thing with Wayne. You know, every time I talk to Wayne, Wayne's like, I'll get those shocks. I'll get those shocks. Like, just whenever, you know, I'm not racing it. It's a, I mean, the bike's absolutely, almost every single part on brand new. It's, it's really nice. So. Hey, did you guys keep your trophies like this? I never, I never did really keep most of my trophies. I think I only kept my championship trophies. That's about it. I'm pretty sure Shane and John, you're both in the back of the pack. That's when I won my first pro race in 1994, uh, Angel Stadium in Anaheim won. I was probably at that. Was it a Mickey Thompson? You was at that race. Yeah, you got fourth. Yeah. How did you this know what I won again? Yeah, how the hell do you remember that? I, I'm smart and I look, John. <laughs> hey, you want to see something funny, guys? Hold on. <laughs> Watch this. Yeah, I'm not gonna, we're not going to put that to a vote, Joe. <laughs> Hold, on. That's right. Hold on. Look at this. I already showed Lenny this. He couldn't sit long, could he? Hold no. He, he, oh, you guys are going to Hold on. Rest in peace. You see Shane hit on there? John Natale, Tim Farr, <laughs> Bird Cemetery. Y'all remember that? That, yeah. that? That's pretty cool. I can't believe you still got that thing. I that do still have that thing. Hey, John. I forgot the other two. That one down yes, there. Hold on, Joe. John, do you have any uh, any anything keepsakes from the, the years of racing? I do. I have uh, some stuff. I got some of my trophies. And, you know, and it's kind of weird, but... Uh, it, I've always been weird with that kind of stuff where it's just something I did and it's something I love. So winning and, and the trophies didn't, I'm not gonna say it didn't mean a lot, but when you got it at that point, it was wonderful. But 20 minutes later, I was over it. Um, but one of the most important things I ever got, and, and I, I have it hanging on the wall uh, in, in my shop, is uh, I won the, I guess it was a vote for the people's champ. And, and the kids and everything voted for that. That meant more to me than any of the championships or anything I won because it meant that I made, I had a good impact in a, in a, in a and maybe I helped some people do the right things or, or uh, it just made me feel good that these kids looked up to me. So, you know, that that's one of the things that actually kept me half sane when I was racing, especially against people like Joe. But, uh, uh, you know, it's, there's a lot of that times where I wanted to out. throw a fit or, or, or just act like a total idiot. And I didn't do it because of the fact that I knew that those people were watching. So I was really proud. That was probably one of my proudest moments when, when they voted me to be, uh, you know, uh, rider. I became a, I had riders or pro riders choice or use choice. And, and, uh, the, they called me the people's champ. I thought that was awesome. They did. You were, I remember that. That was, you were pretty awesome back in the day. Hey, do you remember? Hold on. You talk about fingers now. We got to get this shit straight. You remember at Gatorback? I think Mon Shane was racing. Money Creek. Then. Yeah. Now, hold on. Hold on. Gatorback. I think Shane, uh, Shane, you raced 03 and 04 with us, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Gatorback. Yeah. Okay. So 03 04, I tried to pass you and you ran me off the track, John Natale. Uh, I never did that. We used to call you genitalia, John Natale. We used to call and I'm just being honest with you. So you ran me off the track. You pushed me into the barn. I'm like, okay, I'll get you back. And two weeks later at Muddy Creek, you remember what happened? Yeah. You did like the perfect takeout move on me. The perfect takeout. But we both raced for the same line. I went in. Your fault, my fault. I mean, you should have backed out. You didn't. And no, no, no. Watch that video on National Boy and Killers. Joe's yeah. going through a right hand turn National and takes a Boy left Killers. right into my rear tire. You should have let out. I had to line. You didn't. My story. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, this guy, oh, he gosh. slips. This guy slips. Holy crap. He, he comes up with a bird. 
He rolls in a, he goes a cartwheel, he bikes a yard sale. He goes in a cartwheel, he roll, he, he, he uh, lands on his feet and he flips me the bird. I'm like, I'm looking back going, I'm, I'm trying to ride like, like this backwards going, did he just flip me off? Are you kidding me right now? We're going we're gonna to fight after the race. <laughs> and wasn't that, in, what was that? Was that 06? That was 06. That was your kitchen. Yeah, I, re- I remember hearing about that. Yeah, I had a broken thumb then too. I broke my thumb at Steel City. I had a transmission go over a stupid little double. You did, and I broke yeah. My thumb that, and I that, this was, my thumb. This was before. This was before you broke your thumb. Don't 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 shortchange me here. Was it? Uh, no, it wasn't because I had a cast on. Because I came up to you after we were we were arguing with each other after that, and I had a cast on. Because I remember Smitty's over there thinking we were going to fight. Well, I thought we were, but you pushed <laughs> out on me. Oh come on! I don't man. think I've ever seen you fight anybody except when you backhanded Kramer at uh, Pleasure Valley. Well, he's lucky. That's all I did. I got fined five thousand dollars for that shit too. <laughs> I, if I know that, I would have stomped his head in, little sucker. Wow, wow! How many fines did you get, Joe? Well, I'm, you know, every rule in AMF Pro rulebook is kind of written because of me. I mean, I just adjust the rules as we go. Shane, how many fines did you ever get? Fines? Yeah. I don't remember getting any fines. Well, I don't he think didn't you race did. an ATA He didn't race AMF Pro. He was a I, he didn't. He never raced AMA Pro Nationals. I don't think I, I I don't think there's another rider out there that's got a fine. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, <laughs> not I've in the ATV you. world. I mean, I, Joe, this is the first I've heard of this. Well, I've got three or four dozen fines. <laughs> three or four dozen, <laughs> yeah. dozen fines. <laughs> hey, you ain't trying hard enough. You ain't pushing on limits. I can tell you that right now. When you're 270 pounds and you're racing against a 130 pound chain hit, you got to adjust some rules here. Yeah, you weren't no 270 when you were racing. Hey, that's my my story. You were 210, 215. I was 215, yeah. yeah. That's I actually that. this morning. Hey, I lost 10 by I actually 262 this morning, butt naked in front of Shane's wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. He just never stopped. He just never stopped. Right? He just never stopped. Uh, hey, you know what, was, hey, let me, don't like Shane. It changed me too innocent here. He was a biggest shit talker you ever seen in your life when he was racing. I can tell you that right now. He talked more shit than Christmas turkey. Him and Donnie Banks. I can tell you that right now. Hey, the first time, listen, hey, quick story. John Shane, listen to this. First time I ever got to ride with Shane Hit, Donnie Banks invited me to go down to his house back in 90, gosh, three or four. We rolled down to Macon, Georgia. And I went down there. I'm like, I'm going to drive with Donnie Banks. And I see this goofy-ass Shane hit there. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? I don't know who this goofy-ass guy was. But we go out in the middle of nowhere and ride on this sand track, in the middle of the woods. I'm like, I was lost as an Easter egg. And Shane hits, gets to ride, and Donnie Banks is getting to ride. They're doing 30-minute motos. I'm like, I'm so freaking tired that 15 minutes into it, I stopped and licked the mud hole. <laughs> I did. I didn't even know what training was like until this little skinny-ass dude Kick my ass back in the 90s. I'm like, where in the hell are you getting this energy from? <laughs> I remember that place was called Stucky's right off the highway. Yes, that's right. Yeah, right off the interstate. Yep. Gas station called Stucky's that we parked at. And then we rode back into it. It was just all sand whoops down Donnie's. It was just that's all it was. I don't know how in the hell you guys rode. So I mean, I was so tired about 10 minutes into this moto. And literally, there's some mud holes out there. I stopped. I drank some mud holes. I was it's so freaking tired. I'm like, how's this little skinny bastard? I'm trying and kicking my ass. I, I didn't even know who Shane was at the time, but he still <laughs> he kicked my ass. You know, Donnie was a was a tank too back then. Donnie was an animal. 
Now, he, was, Banks, but he is the most unrecognized badass rider I think there is because he should have won a championship and never won a championship, <laughs> but he was a bad dude. I mean, he, Shane knows he, he talked a lot of shit too, but that guy could ride. He was, yeah, like he Thompson's and the, the Golden State stuff, and he won some of that stuff out there. But he, uh, I was watching a podcast the other day with uh, with Ricky Carmichael, and they talked about Ricky, um, riding uh, when he was little, riding three wheelers and stuff, and growing up in Florida. And they asked him about three wheelers and stuff. And, and he said, when he was little, he said, growing up, he said, Donnie Banks and Rodney Gentry were badass dudes. Right. Right on these podcasts. I thought that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. You know, when we did, uh, when the sport got big, I got pretty, uh, not real close, but I knew uh, Carmichael pretty good. I, call, I actually called him when I got my divorce in 08. I went down to uh, Kevin Wyndham's house in Florida. No, he was in Louisiana. Sorry. I went to Kevin Wyndham's house in Louisiana, and I woke up. There was snow on the ground. He goes, man, you better go further south from here. So I called up Ricky Carmichael. I went to Tallahassee. He goes, I woke up. There was frost on the ground. And he said, man, I'll give you my um, uh, real estate guy's number. His real estate guy was Tim Ferry's guy. So I went down to Tampa, Florida. That's when I bought my house down in Tampa, Florida. Oh, wait. So, you know, at one time, we got pretty tight with the dirt bike guys when you had all the factory money there. You know, you had all the you know Honda conventions and everything you get to meet all these guys and that was kind of pretty cool i thought yeah you know me yeah. and doug gus uh you know everybody knows doug gus we, we went to uh and wayne henson go of course all you guys know wayne we went to uh jeremy mcgrath's 30th birthday party and went out on his ski boat and his mastercraft ski boat and you know just just how small a world it is you know i thought that was kind of cool that you know at the time i'm like oh jeremy McGrath. you know i thought that was kind of cool but you know it is a small world you know two wheels four wheels whatever yeah. You know, I'll, yeah. Say, I'll say something about that. When we raced the edge of summer up there, I remember uh, Kenny Roxon riding around and watching us go through the whoops and watch us do some of the big doubles. He'd come over to me and I, he's like, I've never seen anything like that. He, just, he was so impressed with what we did on an ATV. Obviously, they're impressed with what they do, but he's like, well, you guys just don't get the credit you deserve. And, no, you're exactly right. And it's just, just and and uh, you guys remember um, Bruce Ogilvy at Honda. Of course, he passed away now, but he said, you know, they don't have to sponsor quads because the two, the two wheels are where they put all their money in marketing. So you were lucky to get anything from Honda. And I was like, okay, well, I get that. But he said, if it, if it wasn't for two wheels, they'd be throwing millions of dollars at us. And I mean, you know, because we're definitely way harder to ride. And, you know, you're half sport truck, you're half off-road truck, you're half dirt bike. You know, we all know this. I mean, Shane, you, you know, as well as anybody, how, how much it takes to set up a quad, especially TT racing. I mean, you you learn all kinds of setup when you race TTs. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy what we do. And, 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 you know, basically, I mean, I just started out riding a full wheel. I didn't expect to go racing or go do nationals or anything like that. It's just crazy what, what you start doing and, and just one thing leads to another and you meet people and you end up having a good time and, you know, you blink your eyes and it's 40 years later. So, Isn't that crazy? Seemed like it just yesterday we're all riding together. I, it, I remember the first time I met John was at Loretta Lynn's in 91. Yeah. yeah, yeah I was on a Banshee and an old, I think I had a pink 250R. You did. I, an ugly-ass pink 250R with yeah. half the bolts on it. You won, yeah, well, the, you, know you, what? you won the open class that year. Yep. Yeah, I guess Boyd Calvert. I remember because that's back whenever we used to run the TT at Loretta's and then the next couple days we'd run the motocross. Yep. Hey, did you know, I never told you this, John, but did you know that Barry McCarty and Boyd Calvert both came to me trying to pay me off to take you out at that race? Oh, I believe it. 
I know Boyd, Boyd and Barry both had a because and I ain't gonna lie, I was rough. Like one of my problems coming up through is I wasn't afraid of anything, which is not a good thing because that can get you hurt or get somebody else hurt. And, and I would just do stuff that most yeah, we all smart people about, wouldn't me, do. Me and Shane would talk about you pretty regular, crazy ass rider. Yeah. <laughs> you are yeah. just wild as hell. I mean, like, holy shit, don't get beside John, he's gonna take you out. I ain't gonna lie. And, and it wasn't because I was thinking about taking you out. It's just because, I mean, I wanted to be the first one to jump everything. I wanted to jump shit nobody else jumped. I mean, I just did dumb shit. And we know. And, and, and I'm still healthy. So obviously, somebody's watching over me throughout the years, you know? Yeah. So, and, oh, I, ain't gonna lie. and I know that. And that's one of the biggest things is I, I know where my shortcomings were. And, and, and one of the things for me is I grew up dirt poor and we didn't have anything. When I got into racing, I thought, the equipment that I had was badass until I showed up at the race and I seen your bikes, I seen Doug Eichner's bikes, I seen Shane's bikes. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, I'm screwed, you know, but, but I, I did it because I loved it. I didn't do it for the money. I didn't do it for the fame. I did it because that's what I love. That was my drug and, and I'm still addicted to it today. Yeah. So we didn't all show up in red Kodiak uh, rigs like Shane hit in. Right, right. <laughs> Hey, Shane, you remember you got that rig? We're like, holy shit, this guy's rich. That's, <laughs> well, right. that's a badass rig you showed up in. Then Corey Ellis showed up in his, and then it just shitstorm. Everybody started getting them. Yeah. See, in that deal, and that's not how that was supposed to go. That was actually for my race car. And then I thought, hell, whatever. You know, Curtis says, bring that to the races, and we can work on the bike and stuff inside the trailer. And I thought, yeah, whatever. So that we just started doing it, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, it was crazy. You no, know, ATV race is one of the richest poor man sport there is. Right? <laughs> yeah. You I've never seen, money. you know, and that's one of the problems with it today is if you don't have a lot of money, you can't compete. No, no. You got it. For sure. You know, it's like, like even with, with Chad and, and Joel, you know, neither of them work. And I mean, I'm sure there's a couple of, there's a couple others that don't have to work. But it's when you don't have to work and you can concentrate on that and you got the money to back you to keep the practice bikes going to keep mechanics, you know, uh, coming in and working for you, then that makes life a hell of a lot easier compared to the ones that got to go out and work on their own bikes. You know, you go out and ride 20 minutes and you work on a bike for two days and, and you don't get no sleep because you want to ride the next day. Well, I think yeah, it, I, it definitely takes money and time. And, you know, we all know that as well as anybody. So that's why I was, in, we, you know, me and you both, John, we're in our thirties before we started winning because, we didn't. We couldn't afford it in our thir- our twenties. That's right. Go ahead, well, Shane. ATV racing to me is has come full circle. I mean, from like when when John when you started, and I can't remember when I really first met you around early nineties, ninety one, probably somewhere yeah. in that area. About the same yeah. time I met Joe. Um, I think racing is kind of what it now is kind of what it was then. There was just a couple guys at the top of the sport that could really afford to do it and had all the help. You know, and, and and then and then it went back into the factories and, you know, there's a lot of guys making money and and being able to do it the right way. And then they right. pulled out and it's almost back to where it was. I'm I look for a few more years down the road. If they don't do something, they'll be back on aftermarket chassis. The only thing that's holding I that think thing. so. Yep. I, I agree. agree. It, it, it has come for a circle. So we were but, making. But, but, but what you guys miss from your perspective is the guys that carried the industry, the aftermarket guys like Lager and Roll and Baldwin and, and Duncan and, and Sparks. And uh, there's probably Walsh. a few that I'm leaving out Walsh and the, all the guys that carried it got screwed. They yeah. did. Absolutely. Yeah. When the factories come in, they run them off. So. And instead of bringing us in and saying, Hey, help us make this better. 
they just freaking bulldozed us, pushed us all aside. And some of us didn't make it, you know, there's yeah, only a handful left. Uh, you're right. And, that, and there it lies the problem of, of the whole ATV racing industry is everybody has that mentality, including a lot of the racers. And in, in fact, at least one that I know of today that's still racing that wants everything right now, instead of sharing it with everybody, making it grow so that it lasts over years. It wasn't all right now, all his, and that's it. Get what you can while the getting's good instead of caring about the sport and making it so it grows so everybody prospers. And and not to mention, I, I truly believe that, and I don't care who's going to piss off, but a lot of the promoters are that way too. They don't want to put the time and the money or the effort or the, or the uh, take a chance of losing money on a race to make it grow up. Well, you guys remember when WPSA came in? That's when it really got big. You know, you talk about oh four, five, six, seven. Gosh, I went from making fifteen, twenty thousand a year to eight hundred fifty, nine hundred thousand a year. I don't know what you made, John, but I mean, you're talking about rock star money there for about five years, and now it's gone. It, it, I but, mean, uh, not just rock star money. We were treated like rock stars. I mean, I would walk through airports and get recognized and have to sign autographs. You know, it's. It, it, I don't know exactly what happened. I guess one of the guys that was in there kind of them and took off of the money and just left it hanging but it's what that showed me is that it can be done we, we, it can we can't be, done. be made to be rock stars but it just takes effort and nobody wants to put that effort in i mean there were several of us making over half a million dollars a year i mean i don't know shane i don't know how what you ever made i don't think you ever got into the good stuff like that but there was big money into it for about four or five years and then yeah. it just you know i remember 2011 i think my account was gosh i don't know 859 whatever it was and then in 2012, it was like $18,000. My, my account was, did you, did you quit? <laughs> what happened? So and it just, the bottom dropped out. Yeah, well, well, yeah, but you guys, you guys made the money. The people that, that slaved and carried it made nothing. Right. Well, well that's, that's kind of what I'm saying. If, if, if the factories and the promoters would have been, for lack of better words, I'm not very taking it a lot of times, but this is going to sound mean. They've been smart enough to team up, to make it grow with, with all the aftermarket companies, with the aftermarket motor builders and everybody work together to do that. I believe it would be huge today. But I agree. When, when they come in and everybody's like, I want to make the money, I want to make the money. We'll just, it's all coming to me. The hell with everybody else. We don't need them. Eh, look what happened. Yeah, it, it lasted a few years and then everybody walked away. Right. And look, if you remember who carried the sport, Shane, you remember this all the year your Leggers, your JPs, and your Duncans, and your CTs. And then uh, the sport got really big, and all your factory Honda, Suzuki, Kawasaki, all these guys, now they pulled out. Now you still have who? Your, your, your same guys that carried it in the 90s. They're all coming back. Yeah. Well, we didn't go anywhere. We just we just raced different things. And and I know Curtis raced different things as well. Um, and we just we just did what we did. Walsh. Walsh has a niche. Roll has a niche. Lager, most of Lager stuff is in Europe now. And um, uh, same, you know, PEP's got a niche. They have a, a specific set of people they work with, and they do a lot of stuff in Europe. Um, Elka does a lot of stuff, you know, here in the States. Um, Axis is not as big as it was. Fox is struggling because of it's a corporation that runs it. And, and I don't think they service their customers correctly. Their racers probably get covered pretty well, but the com consumer just doesn't get what they need. And, and yeah. that hurts it. Um, You're hundred percent. Right. I think it's all about yeah. customer service. You know, who's got a good, good uh, uh, marketing department is that freaking Elka. 
They got shitty shots, and I hate to say that, but they have an amazing marketing department. Those guys are going to be there to the end. You need to ride the new stuff because it's way, way, way better. Their, their stuff, their stuff is they got some of the top of the line equipment. It's just you got to have the right tuner. You know, their well, stuff yeah. off the shelf yeah. feels like yeah. shit. But if you got the right tuner, it works good. I agree. If you're gonna have Elko, you need Doug Roll tuning them. That's the only way to do it. I mean, it's, yeah. he, he knows what he's doing. I mean, I'm not, and I like uh, you know Py and all those guys up there at Elko. But you know, you gotta have Elko. You need Doug Roll tuning. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, Py is right. not there anymore. Oh, he's not there. No, I don't know what happened, but during the, I think either right before COVID or during it, he went somewhere else and did something else. Oh, okay. You know, you know what's what's great about Lauren, what you're talking about, all the old uh, sponsors with Walsh and the Duncan Racing and all that. What was nice about that is there was no, Chris, you almost had to do everything on a handshake because you knew that when somebody told you something, that was it. You know, a lot of stuff I did, I'll tell you one guy who who is, I have maybe three of my favorite guys, but one of my favorite guys that I've ever been sponsored by is Johnny Leach. You know, I don't, I don't care what anybody ever says about that man. When he told me he was going to do something, he did it. I never signed a contract with him. We, he said, here's what you're going to get. This is what's going to happen. And he literally did more than what he said. And not just for me, but with, for the other races that were with him too. I agree with you, John. Johnny Leach, as a matter of fact, we went to the first national this year in Texas. And I parked my plane right beside his airplane. And, and I was like, I didn't even know you had this. He's got a single engine jet, badass airplane, like, I don't know, two and a half million dollar airplane. But anyways, you're exactly right. He's one of the best guys in the business. Fix your screen, Joe. Lost again, Birdman. Hold on. Somebody's calling me. You need to hang up on him. I didn't even know you had it. <laughs> what did you say, Shane? I didn't know you had any friends to call you. I don't have any friends. <laughs> you, 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 you guys are my three friends right now. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm all talking to you guys. John. All, all familiar, John. Hold on, John. Yeah. Hello, familiar. <laughs> all three of you guys worked with Honda and did development work for Honda. Well, I did. I don't know if they did. No, I don't think they did shit. I know Shane did. <laughs> Joe, Joe, no, did. Actually, I hey, I'll tell you a funny story. Um, Joe, you might even remember what oh Joe, you you might remember what year it was. Um Timmy got hurt working for Honda and we were out there to do the Baja one thousand. Yes. And and we called Joe. We needed another rider. So we called Joe. We needed someone that was could ride a long time, someone that was in shape, and we knew uh, we knew Joe could do it, so we so we called Joe up, and uh, we had built this four wheeler. And at this point, we had been working for Honda on the 450 um, project. And Timmy got hurt out at uh, oh, what's the test facility out in the Mojave Desert? Uh, yeah. HPPC. Um, and Timmy had wrecked and broke his collarbone or something, so he couldn't ride. Well, we had had this four wheeler that we had built with a 650. Uh, what was the XR650 motor in it? XR650, yep, the JP chassis. Yeah, story, Joe. And so we get down and we get down into Baja, and we had put it together according to the manual. I might have told you this story, Lenny. And we put it together with the manual, and we went to take it through tech. The even in the manual, it had the, the oil lines were backwards, so it blew up in tech. So of course we went over to and we told Bruce, um, who 
been working for and uh, told Bruce that it blew up. So he gave us one of Johnny Campbell's pre-run bikes and said, take the motor out of that. And a couple of the Jap guys that we'd been working with, I can't remember what their, I don't know what the real names was. We called one of them Sam, but it wasn't, he had some funny name. They come over and helped us all night long, put that thing together. Um, but that was when we were working on the, the Honda project. So we knew those guys. That's how we got the motors, how we got the Jap guys to work with us. And Joe had showed up. Joe was there at that point. Um, but we, you know, we weren't able to say anything. I think Joe might have had an idea after that that somehow we knew all those guys some way. Um, but Joe was there. Yeah, you know, hey, let me tell you how they invited me. Hey, Joe, you want to come race a mile hundred thousand? That sounds cool. We got four guys doing it. Okay, thousand miles, 250 guys, 250 miles a piece. No, my leg was 475 miles. Shane's leg all? was like Shane's leg was like 200 miles on a blacktop. <laughs> <laughs> and their reason was, well, because due to the logistics over, we're going to Bay of LA and versus Ensenada, we got to have you doing the longest leg. I did 35 miles of whoops. I had a piss blood when I got done riding this son of a gun. <laughs> and so Shane gets on a bike, 35 miles, his first 35 miles was blacktop. Okay. Then he loses his, Headlight, and he had to, we had to quit. We were winning the race before that, though. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. See these bikes just... in the background? Those bikes are undefeated. They'll keep talking about my ex. Hey. Those bikes never lost the moto. John, you see those bikes? Did... Wait, wait, wait. I, I remember somebody beating a beating the shit out of those bikes until I made a boo boo, and uh, the bike breaking down. Yeah, something like that. That's my story. <laughs> Did, did you get to go do any testing with Honda, John? I did. I did some. You know, I've always had a big mouth and a, and a bad attitude when it comes to that kind of stuff. And the only guy I really liked working with when it comes to Honda was Bruce Ogilvy. And I never learned to keep my mouth shut. So after things happened, after after Bruce passed away, I still had a big mouth and I didn't like the other guy. So it kind of didn't work out very well for me with that because I'm not a butt kisser when it comes to that kind of stuff. and and, and when you're dealing with that big of a company with, with a Japanese company and you got guys that, that like nothing but dirt bikes, it's, it's hard being a quad rider. And I just, I just kind of almost was, I was overjoyed when Can-Am came to me and wanted me to ride for well, So hold on, Lenny. That's that, you know, basically he got fired from Honda. He had to go to Can-Am. That's what we're trying to say. <laughs> well, no, I didn't get fired. I just said to hell with him. Bruce had a soft spark for the, for the ATVs. And, you know, his wife was from Ohio. So, I mean, Bruce, he liked the ATVs, but he was a desert guy. Um, yeah, he was, so, yeah. Just a good dude. I mean, he was always super good to me, um, and I like testing with him. But you're you're exactly right, John. I mean, when you when you worked for those guys, it was top secret, and you couldn't let anything out. And me and Timmy caught all kinds of hell over that over that uh, the very first uh, 450R because when Timmy wrecked and got hurt um, out there at HP. PCC or wherever it was in the Mojave Desert, they were testing at the Supercross track, and one of one of the test guys at the Supercross track that that weekend went to Wayne Henson, and they were all boating together. And told Wayne, said, "Hey, one of your boys got hurt out there this weekend testing that new four wheeler," and Wayne was like, "What are you talking about? What new four wheeler?" And they said, "That new Honda four wheeler coming out with." Well, anyway, Wayne said something to somebody. I don't even know how it got out. Well, it got back to Bruce. Well, Bruce came to me and Timmy. And said, who are you guys talking to about this thing? This thing's supposed to be top secret. And, you know, this was a four-year project that we'd been working on. So it was, uh, Timmy had been on that project for four years. Yeah. Uh, and we're like, uh, we haven't said anything to anyone. And they were pissed. 
And they finally traced it back down and figured out that me and Timmy didn't say anything, but man, they were mad at us. So yeah, they and they're not they're not very nice people when they get mad because you know they expected to bow down to them, which back then you almost had to because you didn't really have much of a choice. But right. I don't know if you guys know they I mean I, without letting too much caliber, they had so much stuff they were testing and we tested and how much how good of a quad we'd actually would have right now if they had to stop making them. We had independent suspension. We had, you know, 500 CC, like all kinds of cool stuff that they just never came out with. Yep. Well, we got and in it, trouble over that 0405. Hey, yeah. Shane, you remember that back right there, Shane? Uh, I, I'm, you're not on the screen right now. Right there. Are you going to see it? I see it, yeah. Is that a TT okay. box? That's a TT bike. Yeah, I kicked your ass in Danville, Virginia. I got second place right behind old Ian Fitch. I think that's because you wrecked me. Uh, I probably <laughs> did. Uh, that's the only way I could beat you. What are you kidding? <laughs> did you really get second behind Ian? Huh? Did you seriously get second behind Ian that night? I did get second behind Ian. Man. How do you say his last name? Fitch. Fitch. Ian Fitch from uh, New Zealand. I don't you know, because it's like two F's and yeah, it's two F. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fitch. He was a good dude. I forgot about him. He was a good dude. He I mean, went over that's, that's why Shane hit. That's why I saved that quad right there. I kicked your ass on it that one night. Only time I ever beat you in TT race. Why you got a recliner sitting there? Well, because I'm fucking old. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> That is too funny. Yeah, I got. Hey, I got. You guys are, I got all kinds of water patrol here. Look at here, my cross country bike. Hey, I got second at the cross country national that bike right there in Florida. Did you Bill notice Bauer. that he's got a giant donut there? Yeah, he's saving that for later. For sure, I am. Look how fat I am. I ain't two hundred sixty-two pounds for nothing. <laughs> it takes a lot of work to keep it that way. Wait, wait. Oh, my I, I, I can still beat out John Natalian arm wrestling. <laughs> So, so guys, really, let's get serious. If we went out right now and had a five-lap race. I'd win. Well, because he would only run four because he'd cut the other other lap. <laughs> I wouldn't get caught cheating, no would I? <laughs> yeah, he would because we'd film it. Hey, hey I'll we got cell phones lap. now, hey, look here. You guys will see something cool? Shane, you probably appreciate this. Look, brand new quad I was supposed to race 2018 on. Never been started. I'll give you 500 bucks for it right now. <laughs> I wouldn't give Monopoly money. What are you talking about? How y'all remember this thing right here, old 700XX? Yeah. Hey, I, I want to know what kind of crack Joe's been smoking because he can't sit still longer in about 15 seconds. I don't I know. Can't still. I, I, I'm, I, I was thinking oh. he was going to the treadmill. Maybe not. No. I got I to I I I keep my energy going. Shit. So, okay, hey, if you guys really want to get down, no, no, no fun in, now here, Joe, be serious and, 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 and listen to the question. Okay. I'm putting all three of you on the spot. And, and I want each of you to answer seriously with no fun in. Okay. Shane, yeah, yeah. Okay, go. Who's the best? Me. No, give me a legit reason. Don't just say me. Break Do you know? Down you mean me. between us three or overall? Out of you three. Uh, I mean, that's a rough one. Whenever yeah. Shane and I, I mean, no doubt about it. There, there's, there's no question that Shane was the best TT racer 
him and Gary Dent were probably two of the best TT racers I've ever seen. I mean, not just, I mean, had natural ability. They had, had obviously great riding skills, but they both knew how to set up a bike. And when it comes to TT, I think setups 60% of the battle where motocross setups 30% of the battle. So it's, it, it was amazing that what they could do with a TT bike. And, and uh, so there's no doubt about it. I mean, between us, us three and Shane hits the best of TT period. Um, Joe and I, I mean, we, we had it out at motocross for sure. I mean, I, I, I would, that's a rough question. It's, it's hard to say who's actually better. I mean, Joe's got two championships. I got two championships. We both won a lot of races, but, and we, and we got to race each other for a long time. So, I mean, I guess it would all stem down to who had more wins against who. I, and, and I never keep track of that. So I wouldn't know. I do. I got, I got, I kept track of it. <laughs> Mr. Ego there. Mr. Ego got you covered. Okay. I got, yeah, I, I won more than John in 2006, seven, eight, nine. I won the two most important championships when all the factors are there. Suzuki, Kawasaki, Yamaha, Honda, Canada, all these guys were there. Yeah, but they were at uh, WPSA. Yeah. What no, was no, 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 no. 2006, we all raced the same series. 2007, you guys went to WPSA, but every time you came back, I still kicked your ass. Every time you came back. So 2006, 2007. I never, I never raced the GNCC. I won the most races of anybody. I never raced a GNC. Let's go back to 2005. How many times did you beat me in 2005? No, 2005, you kicked my ass. <laughs> that, that one all right. year. All right. All right. So, uh, you see it number bad one. question, we're bad question we're because right there. there is no answer. There is no answer, really. But you want to know no, who the best, and, and I don't give a shit if, and no offense to anybody, I don't care how you feel about them. I, I don't like them. Some people do. He don't like me. He thinks I'm an a-hole. I think he's an a-hole. Chad Wienan. One thing I will say about the guy, he's he, he trains like nobody I've ever met, and he, he doesn't need a trainer. He can do it himself, which that's a very, very difficult thing to find in somebody. And he is very good at setup, and he's very good at, at finding things a little bit better than what everybody else uses. But that being said, even if he wins 10, 15 championships, you gotta go back to Gary Denton. The guy won eight championships, and it wasn't just motocross. And he, and he, it was the TT and the motocross together. And to win that was an awesome feat. I mean, you had to be good at TT, and you had to be good at motocross. I mean, you didn't have to be great at one or the other. But you had to be good at both, and you had to put your put your shit together and, and be able to ride two different style of bikes on two different style, completely different style of tracks. I mean, the only thing I could say today is maybe if you would mix a cross country and a motocross together, you might, if, if somebody could win eight championships at that, they might have a shot at his record. But other than that, just the way yeah, it is now, right, nobody though. can beat him ever. Yeah, you're right. I, I mean, and, and to think about it, Jay, we didn't start winning until all of us lost our contract with the racing. I mean, no, well, no, that's right. I mean, yeah, he's a good rider, but he, like he, I said, he can't take winning. nothing away from the guy. He, he's good. He trains good. He knows what he's doing, but he's only racing. And no offense, no, I love the other guys in there. He's only racing one other guy. He's racing half the time. Guys. Half the time, Jewel hands him races with yeah. a mechanical or a mistake. I mean, look at all of us riders that raced against Jewel, raced against Chad. We all beat them there. I mean, they're good. They they want some races with us. They, they've been winning since 06 too. Yeah. And uh, Hedrick's been racing since 2010 in a pro class. But they didn't start winning until we all lost our contracts and we had to get out of it. Shane. Uh, 
it's always easier. I mean, look at I mean, Chad at the last race. He crashed in the whole shot, come from last up to second. I mean, that don't happen. No. <laughs> Shane, when'd you ever do that? No, you, you couldn't ever do that. And I agree. You I mean, can't. I, no. I think I think Gary is he is the because he did it two different ways. And, and and the thing the other thing that Gary did was he didn't every year a different guy he had to beat. He had to beat Charlie Shepard, he had to beat John Scott, he had to beat Donnie Banks, he had to beat Tim Farr, he had to beat me. And this is guys that got second to him. He had to beat you, he had to beat John Natale, he had to beat anybody that showed up. Digger was there. Um, yeah. I mean, you think about it, he beat everybody. And you know, and I, I know it was, you know, he had to do two different things, but I think it was harder to win that damn thing back then. I mean, it if was you're a girl, was, absolutely it was. You know, absolutely. Thanks. I don't know. I wish they would have. Sometimes I look at it and I understand why they split it, but I know that when they before they split early in the early years of three wheeler racing, four wheeler racing, why why it was together was because you could take TT riders motocross and, and have an event, and you'd have enough people worth having it. You know, like as now the T, I think the TT events don't have enough riders. The motocross events they're not having enough riders. Yeah, it's um, getting sad lately. Yeah, I don't know what the fix is. I don't know. But I mean, well, I, I know, when I separated it, we started. I mean, I don't know what you guys used to make in the early 2000s. I'm making 20, 30,000 a year, maybe. I mean, we're always, we're all looking at that Tim Farr, Gary Denton DG contract, right? No, $20,000 for a bumper. But think about <laughs> and, what you're saying, Joe. You, you were making $20,000, $30,000, but you were spending $70,000, $80,000. So you weren't making <laughs> you're exactly shit. right. Yep. But then when they separated it, motocross just went through the roof. And now we're making, I was, at least I was making $850,000, $900,000. And I mean, for me, that's rock star money. I mean, holy right. crap. And, and the TT racers, they got a little bit better, but they never really made any big money. So for me, when they separated it, it was gold for me. Right. I, said, I agree with you a little bit on that. But here's the thing. Even if they hadn't separated it, that shit was coming anyway. I mean, we were working yeah. for Honda. Knew that stuff was coming, whether they separated it or not. Um, I don't think it would have made any difference whether it would, because here's the thing: it was the right. If you go back and look at that, the economy was so good right through then. I mean, ATV yep. race in general was growing, and and they didn't. We didn't have a Yamaha or a Honda or a Kawasaki. None of that stuff was existed, but it was on the way, you know. Yeah. So I mean, they hadn't split the series. That shit was coming. So. Yeah. Hey, John, I don't know about you, but I, I think about this pretty regular. I've raced against every national champion there ever has been. And I think you have, too. Shane, you might have. I don't know if you raced against Wiener or not. but uh, I never raced Wiener, and I never raced against Joel. But, I mean, other than that, yeah, I mean, I raced against Is that Joel. pretty cool? That I mean, we're still young enough to be able to say we race against mm -hmm. every national champion out there, and that's, that's, that's pretty cool. And you've beat every national champion out there. Especially you, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, that's, that's I, I did. I thought about it, and and, and you read, and, and I think Shane was out of it then. But we had Chris, we had me, Doug Gust, Dustin Wimmer, Josh Kramer, Joe Bird, uh, Jeremy Law, or uh, uh, Jeremiah. Uh, yeah, Jeremiah Jones, Digger, Doug, Doug Gust, Travis Bader. I mean, we had all these guys in one race. Like yeah, one race. So ten guys could win a race, especially yeah. Travis. Remember Travis? Travis was a light switch. He was either winning or losing. I mean, he, yeah. he was a light switch. Well, he, yeah. and you know, I mean, he was a freaking doctor, so he knew his shit inside and out. You know what I mean? Yeah. He knew how to make himself. Oh, he yeah, he's a better person here. Yeah. So, but that's I, crazy. I what think do you about that, and, I, and I'm really proud of myself to be able to go out there and do that kind of stuff. And and you know, I, I was. Uh, 
proud of the fact that I got the race, uh, uh, Western Beach race. I won Western Beach race. I never did win the uh, 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 France race. Pontevoo. I, I got the race a couple times, never did win it. But I won Montreal Supercross a couple of times. So, I mean, I, I've been very blessed with the, with the stuff I've gotten to go to. I was just happy enough to be there, but to be able to win them was awesome. Yeah, I mean, all of us, all three of us sitting here on this phone call. I mean, we, we've all been blessed. We're all healthy. We're still walking and being able yeah. to talk. We've all had great careers. It's been amazing, and I've been, been really blessed. So, yeah. yeah, it's been a fun ride, man. Yeah, it's not over yet, is it? Well, you know what? Well, mine ain't over. Sure. About this I, I love you talking about Lenny. I love nope. going to races because I, I love going there. In fact, I just talked to the other day. They're doing a thing for the kids where the you know the pro riders are getting auctioned or something. They're buying them to be their pit guy. So I wrote him. I said, "Look, you know, I know I'm an old pro rider." I said, "But let me go. I love that kind of stuff." So they're going to put me in on it. And but I love to go help these guys. You know, and it's and and I did like you know you had the Joe Bird ride uh, quad ride in school and stuff like that. And 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 I did a lot of quad ride schools. And the weirdest part about it was charging people to do it because it was like I, I loved doing it. I would do it for free. But I wasn't able to be that. I wish I was rich because I would just give everybody schools all the time because I love to do it. And, yeah, and uh, it was just that, that was a real plus for me. And even even still today, I get to help a lot of people. Like every time I go to the race, I'm just running all over the place. I went to Mount Morris. I literally was running back and forth to the line and this and that and go through and just try to help everybody. I'm probably more of a pain in the ass than, than I am a help. But it's in my eyes, I'm, I'm helping out. So yeah, you're a pain in the ass. <laughs> hey, so anybody want to race this squad right here? Jane, you got you gonna get you some? Who wants some? You mean ride it and race it or race against it? No, man, race me. I'll give you five laps. <laughs> Who you giving five laps to? I guarantee I can still beat your ass. Five laps. Let's put no 20 grand on it. Somebody's on Shane. Dude, I'm gonna five laps. Yo, yo, I, I'm sorry, but I'm gonna put my money on Shane too, because I think you're gonna gas out before you get to the starting line. Me? Yeah. Oh hell! Speaking of, before you get to the story, this is this is this is a funny story. You go so, get the dude. <laughs> I, I think it was actually 05 when I won the championship. I'm not sure, but I think it was 05. Yeah, because I kicked your ass on six. But it might have been even 06. I'm not sure. I know Loretta Lens. We went to Loretta Lens, and and I wrecked on the whole shot, and I got and Matt White. I still remember Matt White ran into me, locked me out. Only time I've ever been knocked out up to that point. Knocked me out, right? And I don't remember nothing. So, but I'm sitting in the air conditioned uh, medical trailer over there. And Michelle, you know, my wife, she's with, obviously, then she was just my girlfriend and a smart ass girlfriend. And we're sitting in there and I'm like, you know, I asked her, what happened? What happened? I guess I kept asking it. You know, I must have asked it a hundred times. She said, I don't remember. I don't recall asking once. So she said, I must have asked about a hundred times. And finally, the only thing I remember is her telling me, well, you crashed on the way to the starting gate. I said, how the hell did I crash on the way to the starting gate, you know? And she's like, oh, well, you were doing something and you crashed. I said, well, can I still race? She's like, yeah, you got to hurry up. So here I am, you know, just getting knocked the F out and the, and the pro race is almost over. And I'm in there trying to get my boots and helmet on so I can run to the starting gate and still race the race until they finally told me the truth. Talk about, that was BS. I mean, I, I felt taken advantage. <laughs> I was like, you got to be kidding me. That is the greatest story ever. Oh, oh man. Like, I mean, I was ready to go. I was like, and I still didn't understand how I wrecked on the way to the starting gate, but that, all I knew was that I was going to be able to make this race. Wow. No, I mean, it was literally, I think they said, you know, afterwards, after all the talking, there was like two laps left, and I'm in there trying to get my boots on and run out the door. 
<laughs> so that, that probably was 06 because Joe probably did beat you if you was knocked out. Right, right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his thumb was his excuse in 06. Oh, I broke my thumb. You had to be, so I, I'm giving you the championship. Right. You know, it's really funny. Something that was odd about me. Again, I, I never claimed to be a, a super bright guy, but every time I was hurt, I did really well. You know, the first race I ever won at Southwick, I never thought I was going to be able to re- win a race at Southwick, Massachusetts, roughest track I've ever been on my entire life. Started out smooth. Started out like a highway, like Shane's first 35 miles. It was like mechanical. But then the, the rest of it was like your 450 miles. And uh, right. I, I was I was riding with Pat Brown from downtown Patrick Brown, and we was riding at my house. It was a Wednesday, and I crashed. I broke a nerf, or uh, an A-arm, and I crashed. I broke my collarbone. Well, that Sunday we raced at Southwick and I raced, I taped it up and I won the damn, no, wait a minute, let me back up. I crashed in the parade lap when I was doing a stupid double and I got back up and I won the damn race with a broken collarbone. And it, it's, that, it's just that really been a local race, right? <laughs> no, it was national. I don't know that. <laughs> that was the you first, first race you I ever won. Lot, what year was and it? I smoked you guys too there. Well, you tried Wolf a lot. You said you was hurt a lot and you wasn't. Oh, I was always hurt. What year did you win that race? I don't remember. I can't remember what year it was. Of course you can't. I got. I, I can tell you. Two fifty. Was it? No, two? it was. I was on a four fifty. I was on a Honda, so it had to be after on five. No negative. Well, it might. Was it, you you said you won your first race on that? No, my first race. That's the first time I ever won at Southwick. Okay, all right. We raced at Southwick a bunch. And I never did well there. Oh, so it's got to be 07, 08. We didn't race past 03, I don't think. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there in 03. You guys were on four strokes probably in 03. Yeah. Uh, you'll, see where, you'll see where Jeremiah Jones kicked my ass on. Look here. Look yeah. right here. Did I you, lost to Jeremiah Jones by one point on this back right here. At was, South. Was, that, was that in 2003? Yep, 2003. Yeah, because Jeremiah wrote a two-stroke in 2003 there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right, he borrowed motor from me. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he won. He had that, that sports motor in there. Yeah. 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 Was that the big bore? That was nah. the big bore. 275. That was, that was a 4, 425 ESR. He <laughs> I, trust me, I wasn't going to give Jeremiah something faster than mine. <laughs> Yeah, I believe that. I totally believe that. So Jeremiah Jones and I had one point gap difference going into that race. And I trained my ass off you that race. Start, didn't you? I stalled the freaking engine on the start. And I remember that now. You got you I came out. I came out <laughs> dead last, like two straightaways behind the last place guy. I still came out and got third. And Jeremiah Jones pulled a whole cut and won. You'd have got last whether you killed the motor or not, but on the start, but <laughs> start. That was a rough one. Hey, I still kicked John Teller's ass though. Came with his pink ass squad. And if I'm I think of like Joe have a have a sue or somebody maybe won the race. Joe, I can't remember what the kid's I name think was. So yeah, 75. Yeah, on the yellow. Yeah, I think so. This is a weird ass. Yeah. Yeah. He's up from your area, John. Do you remember who you know what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it is Joe Havis, Joe Havisto. Javisto, yeah, maybe that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah. I think he, so. I think I got second. I ended up fourth. I got third in the second moto. 
And I think that's the only race that Joe ever won. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I think he might have been from up in that area, road there somewhere. Yeah, something. he's from that area, New England area for sure. I was going to say, yeah. he's from up there somewhere. Yeah. yeah, he's good up there. Yeah, I think he was. that was his local track. Yeah. Hey, so do you guys know if they changed the rule? Can we race any other class? Because the last couple of years I asked, we can't. Well, AMA Pro Champions, Shane, you're not included. John, you're not included. But AMA Pro Champions, we can't race anything other than AMA Pro class. No, 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 no. I, I was me and Corey else was talking about this, and I if we go to like Loretta's, we can the only class we can race is plus twenty five. But you can, but you wasn't not no disrespect, but not an AMA. Remember when AMA took over in 07, The rules changed in 07. AMA Pro Racing class champions have to race Pro class. Yeah, but you know it's, it's not AMA Pro Racing anymore. Yes, it is. Look it up. It's just it's 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 amateur. Well, maybe they changed it. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't pay much attention this year, but yeah. What? So I would always like. Isn't that an insult? It is. I looked at that the other day. I was like, "Why in the hell did they change it back to amateur?" I mean, <laughs> I know that I talked to Corey this winter about it because because I go out to Corey's every winter and I still talk to Corey a lot. And he was wanting to go to Loretta's, and he called and talked to Harv, I think, and Harv told him that past champions, if they came to Loretta's, because you know I could run plus fifty now, um, right. but. They, they said that uh, we have to run plus 25. So huh. that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard of. I, like, too, right? you know, I miss racing, but I don't have to go race pro class. I mean, I don't know about training. Well, how did, how did Travis Spader come back and run that plus 30 and stuff? Because he wasn't an AMA pro champion. He wasn't an AMA pro champion. And, I, and I'm, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but. No, I, I get 07, what you're saying. 07, the AMA pro class. They, they AMA came into effect, right? So from 07 on, I was the first AMA Pro champion. And so you got me, you got uh, who else was it? Uh, well, you know, I was champion in 2011, too, don't you? So, yeah, so you're included. So you're included, too. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. They're so, just me and you say you're old, Shane. <laughs> no, but no kidding. Because I wanted, I mean, I would like to race to 40 plus or something, just have fun. But all the way up to last year, they wouldn't let us race. You got to be, you know, yeah, made pro class champions has to race pro class. I'm like, I don't want to race the pro class, man. But I'm hoping they change that because I wouldn't mind going back racing, especially you three, you two guys. I'll race. Yeah, you know, I like they'd be they'd be stupid not to change it because they don't have enough riders to begin with. So why not make it so you can run more class? I agree, John. I agree 100. percent It's AMA. <laughs> <laughs> they're, not <laughs> they're not our friends. Yeah, no. I, I've yet to figure out what the hell they do. I mean, all these years we've raced, all I've ever done is pay and get a damn membership card. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. They don't do that's much for us. That's like, that's like something we need uh, uh, Hillary's emails for to figure out what the hell AMA does. Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you this, guys. Do you guys know the scenario with Weenan in the stock class? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, know what I do he, know? He did have the wrong cam. Okay. But do you, do you know much about it in depth? Have you guys followed it at all? I haven't I, followed it. I have a little bit. You know what's funny about the whole thing is, is uh, I believe it was uh, Janusa that was calling him out on the podium. So Chad actually had his own rider protest him. Uh, I can't remember his rider's name, but his own rider protest him. Well, then they they deemed his bike to be illegal because he was running some uh, odd year stuff. And I guess it, it was to say that in the room. Uh huh. 
It doesn't say year specific in the rules. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I guess that's what Chad's argument was about that. Model specific. And you know, you know what I think is so unfair about that is it's it's obvious that Chad has the advantage when it comes to that. I mean, you're running for Yamaha. I guarantee you, if, if you want to protest Chad right now, protest his linkage. If he doesn't hear this video and he goes to the next race, he runs the same linkage and he's running on that uh, stock quad and you protest him, he will be disqualified. Well, and that is valve size. It's, it's got 50 degree valve angles. I mean, hell, I, nobody I, I, checks, nobody protests the valves. They just protest porn stroke. Nobody protests the valves. I got protested valve angle when that last couple years I raced and I had 50 degree valve angles. You can't have and that. was a $5,000 fine. Yeah. <laughs> it was one of the dozens <laughs> that you got. They wasn't cheating. I didn't get caught. Exactly right, Shane. Exactly. Didn't get caught. Didn't get but caught. I, I, I sit my head. Yeah, because he paid his engine builder. I sit my head to his engine builder. To, I want the same valves he's got, and I got them. I got protested the next race. You, you want to know what's really funny about Joe? So Joe, Joe would come off the track, and his bike would go straight in the trailer, and there was like two armed guards outside. Nobody was left near that trailer. They would get rid of that cheater head if he won the first moto and put that other almost legal head on so he didn't get caught for the next moto. Either that or if he did bad in the first moto, he'd put the cheater motor on for the second moto, and every damn time he'd blow up. <laughs> blow up. Hey, but guess what? Every damn time I kicked your ass, didn't I? <laughs> no, not every time. Not when you were parked. <laughs> oh. well, you know, I was in front. I was I was leading the race at, at New York and Michigan and uh, Walnut when shit well, went sideways. You know what they say, right? To finish first, you must first finish. Amen. You know, you know, you know, you know how hard that is to get through young riders' heads. You're exactly right. You know, you know who called me out back in Macon, Georgia, like old four is old Tim Farr. He goes, Joe, I don't know what the hell you're doing. He said, but you've never pulled a whole shot in your life. He said, I'd protest you every damn race if I if you if I was still racing. <laughs> Dude, oh, I guarantee I knew you was cheating. I didn't care. It's not the point. It, it wasn't, it wasn't like three, four, five first one, nobody, gonna... nobody said I was cheating. Nobody ever uh, said I cheated. I just said I never got caught. Right. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Whether you, and I'm not going to say whether you were or you weren't. I mean, we all have our opinions, but I didn't care. It, it was, I don't, five horsepower, if, if five horsepower on a 220 pound guy versus 170 pound guy makes you win the race, then that's my fault. You're exactly you know right. Hey, you remember you came here, uh, John, you remember you came here about five years ago when we rode together, we trained and kicked your yep. ass all over the place, and we got on the scale. You was 170 pounds, soaking wet with chains in your pocket. Yeah. And my scale said I was 200 and what? I can't remember, 250 or something? You was a 230 somewhere whenever I was there. Oh, gosh. I, I wish I was still 230. But anyways, and then you went to the Red Lands and kicked my ass. Yep. Well, no, I, ran, I ran over your head at that race. Remember that? You crashed yep. in the first turn. I ran over your head. Yep. I kind of willied over it, actually. <laughs> on purpose. He said he did it by accident, but he did it on purpose. Accidentally on purpose. I hated you. Was he the one that wrecked you? Did you get no, a fine? No, he that? What? Did you get a fine for that? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, his wife fined me. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, we're tarnishing your 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 perfect reputation. You know that, right? Yeah, no, God damn. Hey, hey, perfect reputation. Shit. Ask Shane's wife about that shit. Gosh, thank oh, you. now it's oh. no matter what we say, no matter what anybody says about Joe, ATV race wouldn't have been ATV race without Joe. Joe, Joe, Joe. 
I hated him. I don't know how many years, but I, and the same thing. I've always always said, even back when I hated him, he's good for the sport. Joe, regardless of what people say or or the uh, uh, anything that surrounded anything that happened, he was good for the sport. He was he's a good talker. He likes the bullshit. He's he's uh, he was good at getting sponsors. He was good at bringing sponsors in. I mean, you couldn't ask for much more than that. He was good at talking to the people. People loved him. And I hated that stupid damn thing he did on a podium every time when he when he won the race, but it worked for him and people loved it. Yeah, yeah I, right. I appreciate that, John. I don't care what nobody says about you. You're all right. Yeah. And it, you know, <laughs> and it's it's it is what it is. You got to give credit where credit is due. It's just like the same way that I said about me and Chad don't get along, but Chad deserves all the credit in the world. You know, he didn't he didn't get where he's at by accident. I don't know if he deserves all the credit. You know, that 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 right there is is true champion talking. Um, when you're giving somebody that maybe you don't have the most respect for, or you maybe you dislike their their personality, whatever it is, and you give them accolades. You know, I, I've heard amazing things come out of all three of you. Um maybe not you, Joe, but yeah, <laughs> really. <laughs> you, you, I, hey, I've heard from James, all it's amazing. John Telly's awesome. I love them both. Well, I think that they're credits to the sport. I really do. I think all three of you are. I agree. They're both great men. And, uh, you know, of course, when we're racing. We don't like each other. We're competitors. You know, we don't get participation trophies no more. Hey, well, that shit. We were competitors. I just soon run over Shane, run over John as I look at them. But now we're grown ass men. And I respect both of them. They're both good friends of mine. We still talk. And I appreciate them. Who are you talking to? The guy in the corner over here in the red shirt still a little boy. He looks like a little boy. He probably weighs like a little boy. He probably, what is he, 130 pounds? Shit. Yeah, dude, he, he doesn't even look like he went through puberty yet. The rest of us, <laughs> I mean, I got I got white hair. I know you have gray hair, Joe. Joe and John might be hiding some there, too, under the hat. I'm doing good, good there so far. It's a mess, but it ain't gray. Oh, man. You know what's funny? John dyes you, look, you, for, you guys think, forget John stayed here a lot. John dyes his hair. <laughs> but it's funny with Shane that you look at him now. How old are you now, Shane? Fifty. I mean, I honestly God, if I if I didn't know you and met you somewhere, I wouldn't. Chris, I, you could pass for in your thirties. Ain't no doubt about it. Maybe upper thirties, but you could pass for in your thirties. <laughs> you know how you got a filter going on on this thing that I don't know about. No, I could. Uh, yeah, he's young. He looks young. I t- I told him when I, when I first talked to him. He looks like he did when he was racing. He does. You, I mean, you, it's stress-free. <laughs> stress-free living. <laughs> hey, Shane, don't, do free range. don't let him lie to you. Shane wakes up 10, 11 o'clock in the day, wakes up, eats some Pop-Tarts, and then he goes hang out with his mom, and he don't do shit. He never whatever, has that shit. Whatever he's doing is working for him. Yeah. He's working for him. Dude, I'm not going to argue. I'm, I'm just talking people. shit because I'm jealous. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> wow. Wow. Favorite race? Any race I kick their asses in. Loretta Lenz, six-time champion. That's my favorite race. He won Loretta six times. He was the, he was the, that was like the birdhouse. Birdhouse. That's after I quit going. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Hey, <laughs> favorite race. Come on. Uh, my favorite race. It's hard to say. There's so many good ones for me. I mean, Pont Nevoo was good, the ball 1,000. Um, but probably up there um, to, for me was probably be the, the Legends race in 2000 at Astabula when, oh, when all yeah. the 
back, you know, Don, you know, you had Donnie Banks, you had Marty Hart, you know, you had Curtis, you know, uh, Jimmy White, you know, Jack Meadows with all those guys were there. I mean, that was, that's, that's probably one of, one of my top races for sure. You know? a good one. Yeah, I agree. That's that's awesome. good. That was a good race. It was a lot of fun. How about you, John? I have two actually. One was the Western beach race. And it was the, the most different thing I've ever done. It was, unless you go there and experience, I mean, there's like, person got to be, cause you start with dirt bikes, uh, four wheelers, side by side dirt, but no, wait, I'm sorry. It was a dirt bike with the side cars on and all the four wheelers. I think there was 600 of us that started. Yeah. I raced it one year. It's unbelievable. It starts out, they have these huge hills and all this stuff and it starts out, you think that's going to be nothing. And I had a pretty fast Honda and you hit that straight away and there's people blowing by you. Like you're sitting still by the time I got to the first turn where you come in, I was in about 150th place and I started first and I'm like, Holy shit, how do all these people, but then you got to, you got to pat in there straightaway people, half of them that passed the, you know, so you get to the, the rough part of the track and you're just trying to zigzag around all these people, but you, you I think the, the straightaway down the beach is Christ, it's gotta be what about a mile long chain where you get on that beach it's a long, long way. Yeah, you, I run out of gear. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, and did it rain when you were there? Yeah, it was cold as hell. So yeah. Like, that's- yeah, they said it rains every year there for that race. And and the thing is, is that as you're racing, it's a two and a half hour race or three hour race. And as you're racing, the tide comes in, so the beach gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And you end up having to run through the damn water as you're going down. Yeah. Well, the guys that I was working with over there hooking a tether strap up back. So every time I touched my damn clutch, I got electrocuted. So I, I, I had a hard time, but I ended up not using my clutch as much as I could, you know, and I'd end up stalling. I'd have to grab it. As soon as you kick it, you get electrocuted. And it was an interesting, I ended up winning the, the ATV pro part of it or whatever, but that was one of the coolest different races I've ever been to. And then the other one would be the very first time I raced Montreal Supercross. And I remember going out for practice. We went out after the bikes and I went around, you know, the first lap. And the, the triples are pretty gnarly back then. And I was like, man, I'm either going to hit it the second lap or I'm not going to hit it at all. Well, I hit it the second lap. And I overshot it probably, I don't know, maybe 30, 40 feet, landed completely flat. And when I was in the air, the cameras that were going off, I couldn't even hardly see. Like, if we had something like that a lot for the four-wheelers, we would be as big, if not bigger, than the dirt bikes. After, after I did that triple and... We went back in before, even before we even raced after practice, I had thousands of people. I went through 1,500 posters in an hour with all these people coming through. They didn't want nothing to do with the dirt bikes. They wanted to come see me because I did the triple that the dirt bikes were going. They didn't think quads could do that kind of shit. And, or, or maybe because I overshot it and just looked like a fool. I don't know. But, but it was amazing. Like I felt as important if not more important than the dirt bikes and that was one probably the only times that i felt that yeah, yeah that's kind of the same thing the mickey thompson's were you guys shane you raced some mickey thompson i think john you raced a couple they i mean you, they made you feel like somebody when you raced the mickey thompson like you were you know that trucks bikes quads and buggies and they made you feel like you were somebody that's right yeah mickey go back to mickey's awesome but that's that's the thing with the guys that are racing today i mean they, they, they've none of them, maybe Chad might have there got to race some of that pace indoor stuff at one point, but those Mickey's and that stadium stuff, it was so cool. I mean, give us something to do through the winter. And, um, that stuff was cool. I liked it. And people actually got to see what we could really do. 
You know, right. Yeah. It was like if you you go to a race and you experience it live and you see these guys like damn. Like even today, like I went to Mount Morris and I was watching them guys like they're they're whole ass. Like I'm thinking, man, that's what I used to do all the time, you know. And for somebody, you know, a lot of the people they see these guys on on their quads out in the woods drinking beer with a cooler on the back, they, uh, they're messing everything up, throwing trash. They've never seen what a real pro can do in a four wheeler, and and it's right. it's it's really an amazing. Un, un, unexplainable thing until you see it in person. It's it's pretty impressive, and and the, the sad part is, is people don't get to see that, and that that's one of the reasons why the sport can't grow until you get the following that can see that. You know, and yeah, it doesn't so, look the uh, same on TV. Yeah, remember it uh, was the last year, year before it, that Ironman when the bikes and quads raced the same weekend. The quads yeah. had the same lap time as the bikes. I mean, yep. and they're all just in awe over it because they've never seen it before. If we could do more races. Or at least the guys nowadays do more races with the the dirt bikes. I think them it would come back, it, but you got to be in front of those guys in order to do it. Right. And the crazy part about it is, if you talk to all the top dirt bike guys, they don't care. They're like, "Yeah, hell yeah, bring them in. That's awesome." You're right. And, the top and, dirt bike guys, the top guys. Because yeah. I used to, I used to hang out with uh, when I hang out with I knew Carmichael and McGrath, and, all that, and they didn't care. No. It's your mid pack and slow riders that are all bitching about the. You know, this is motocross. It ain't perfect cross. So if we blow a berm, then put another rut in there. I mean, but the top guys don't care that we're there. Yeah, that's the way I rode with some good motocross guys like Mike Brown and some of those guys. And and those guys didn't care about the ATVs. They were fine with it. It's the it's it's the the mid A pack, A A riders, B riders. Oh, you're knocking my berm down. You fuckers ain't fast enough to use a berm anyway. You know, <laughs> well, and what you just said, part of the problem, they're not as fast as what you were or what I was. So they get mad. How the hell is this quad beating me? I literally, Mike Alessi, I don't know if he would ever remember, but Mike Alessi and his dad, and we was in California at uh, uh, Glen Helen, and it was a practice day, and the dirt bikes were there, and me and Michelle was there. Oh, Michelle God, was practicing. Well, Michelle got in Alessi's way. Well, Alessi cut the track and got in front of her, spun dirt all over. Well, I cut the track and wrecked Alessi. I ran right into him and wrecked him and jumped <laughs> up. And his dad's come and come running up. And I was I, don't know, I was gonna fight both him and his dad. And then it, but that was the kind of thing they did. So this girl with long hair hanging out, he got mad, cut the track and tried to run into the front of a rooster. I'm like, really? Like you gotta do that because you're not fast enough to get around her, you gotta cut the track. I, I mean, that, that's the kind of stuff you deal with with those guys. Now you got a Ken Rockson or Ryan Dungey and all those guys, they don't care. He like told me, he don't give a shit, he'll find a way around you. You know, the, but the, the other guys, they get pissed off because they're getting beat by four weather. Yeah, I do, I do have a question because you guys are all motocross guys. <clears throat> do you think that, that they should groom the tracks the way they do or run them ungroomed like they did in the old days where you just rode the track? I mean, they prepped the track before practice, watered it, and then after that, it was the way it was. Well, my personal opinion, they need to prep the turns so it's raceable. Most of the time, the turns are one line. If they have split lanes, most of the time, one of them's way faster than the other. So they need to prep the turns so we have a racetrack, so you can actually go and block past somebody. That just don't happen anymore. And you don't want them – I mean, I like a rough track. John likes a rough track. Of course, Shane never did like a rough track. But, you know, you want a rough enough track, but you also you got to keep the amateurs involved. You know, the amateurs, if they're beating the hell out of themselves, they're not going to come back. Nobody wants to race in Nashville because you're you're so worn out and the tracks are shit. So they do need to prep them to keep them fun. Everybody wants to go to the races to have fun. So they need to be rough enough for the pros, 
but they also need to be fun for the amateurs. Yeah, but you got to have it. You got to raise the bar. How are you going to raise the bar if you get if you get these prima donnas out on perfect race courses every time? Well, no, not no prep at every moto, obviously. But you know, you, you're not going to have anybody racing if it's too rough. I mean, I, I like a rough track. Don't get me wrong. But if the track's way too rough and it's one line, nobody's going to race. It's going to be a whole shot race. I was a race on the first turn. If you're coming for the love of the sport, you're coming for the love of the sport. And rough of motocross is supposed to be rough. It's not supposed to be groomed. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't. I agree, agree with. I agree with Lauren 100 percent on that. But but the other side of it with Joe. What he's saying makes sense because ATV racing now is soft. I mean, I don't mean to sound like a dick, but it's soft. I mean, they, think about it. You got some guys on the 80s that can do every single jump on a track. I mean, I remember, I mean, some of the tra- Gatorback, there was an uphill triple there. I think me and Don Gus was the only ones that ever did it. And uh, and that's out of some of the fastest guys in the world. So two people, the only ones that can do it. And there's other jumps like that. You figure, look, uh, LaRocco's leap, but I mean, it's still there. But I think Doug's the only one that's ever done that. Uh, Negative, I did. Did you do it? Yeah, I was the only one. Doug didn't do it, actually. I did. Well, either way. I knew, <laughs> I knew there's... Okay, you're right, John. I, I agree. It's, you know, they got to be, they, they got to make it where it's fun for the amateurs, but yet. And just have a pro section for the pros. I mean, people right. aren't going to go race if it's too hard. They're just not going to do it. Well, one of, one of the problems that I can see, and you and tell me, if it, no, this is my opinion, so if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, you can let me know. But it, it seems to me like they have a captive uh, uh, clientele. So they know, no matter what they do, if they advertise, if they don't advertise, if they sit in their ass, if they fix the track, if they don't fix the track, they know there's going to be 400 riders showing up. 400 people is going to sign up. Doesn't matter what they do. So it seems to me like they're like, screw it. I'm not spending any money to try to make it get bigger because these guys are coming regardless of what the hell I do. That's your mentality. And, and, and that's, just the, that's just a shit attitude to have because if you notice most of the time around a quad race, there's either a cross country or there's a dirt bike pro race. Yep. And, and that's where they spend all their time and money. Yeah. And I get it. And I do, I get it. So as a business owner, you know, we own a business and, and, and you, and you, you want to go where the business is at, but we also, to build our business, we had to do work, take chances and risk losing money. In fact, we lost money sometimes just to turn around and make more money the next time. I mean, it's, it's simple business strategy that these, these guys are too, I don't want to say lazy because I think they're just complacent because they know the people are coming. Yeah, they don't care. They, you're exactly right. They don't. They're not trying to go out. What? And the only time they ever did was W when WPSA came into the scene. Then they try to promote it. Right. Shane, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I agree. I mean, I, I think motocross needs to be rough. I always did, and and but I think I think that a lot of it is track prep. I don't. I don't. You know. I mean, you could even if it was smooth. I mean, the Mickey Thompson. But it was still, but it was still somewhat rough. I think they need to just make more lines in the corners because it does. It turns into, it turns into single file racing, and you know everybody's got good bikes, everybody's got good suspension. But I mean, I think it should be rough. But I mean, we I ride quite a bit at a place called Breezewood Proving Grounds, and uh, that place has got. It's not a big place, but I mean, you can pass in every corner. I mean, sometimes you'll be out there and there'll be 50, 60 people out there at the same time, and and every corner's got a different line. 
And um, I don't know why the nationals can't do it. I mean, the ATVs will ride with the motorcycles. And uh, I go up there and, I mean, I'll pass sometimes 20, 30 motorcycles a lap. And And Dan, the guy in other places. Run into them because the track just kind of flows that way. I mean, every corner, there's a different line. And you go to the nationals and they're not. Every corner is the same. It's just flat, you know, all the way across. So, obviously, everybody's going to the inside because it's the damn shortest. So, Yeah, Dan, the guy that owns that place, does a hell of a job. I mean, he has – Chris, he gets – you know, any any given day, he'll have 100 quads there and 200 bikes. Or, you know, or more, it might be 150 quads and 400 bikes, but he gets a shitload of quads there where nobody else gets the quads anymore. And the bikes and the quads get along and have a good time and everybody has fun racing or, or just riding, whichever. You know, he does great. Yeah, I go up – I still go up there quite a bit. Next time you go up there, you have to get a hold of me. I only live like an hour yeah, it takes me about two and a half hours to go up there, but I, I go up there with my kids quite a bit. So yeah, yeah. I, I I wondered. I figured you was pretty close there. Yeah, I love that place, Dan. He's a good dude. His whole family's great. Yeah, how much I like- do you ride, John? I'm sorry. How much do you ride? Lately, I haven't been riding a lot. Probably the last year, I've only rode maybe two or three times. I I was riding a lot, but uh, our company that we started is just taking off leaps and bounds and it's hard to keep up with, especially with this COVID crap because now everybody's sitting at home collecting unemployment and, and uh, relief money and everything else that they're getting on, on top of this. So nobody wants to work. Yeah. We're struggling for steel, struggling for labor, struggling for aluminum. Yep. Um, and, and we're not the only ones. I think everybody in the industry that we deal with is, is struggling. It, you know, it's funny is, is we, we do a lot of demo. We do schools. We do a lot of uh, government jobs. And uh, it, now we go into, we have to cut holes in walls where they're going to be putting doors in and things like that. And we pull brick out and stuff. And now all we're allowed to do is cut the brick on the inside and outside. We're going to leave the brick because they can't get the steel for the, for the doors, for the lentils, for the doors. They can't get the steel for the roof choice. There's nobody can get anything. Yeah. It's insane. You guys will see. You guys will see something cool. I know you guys didn't do this. I did. I'm kind of a nerd. I don't know if you can see this or not. Can you guys see that? I see. No. No. You, you went to Birdman. Off. Hold on. Where am I at here? Can you hear me? I think you're. I can hear you. Yeah, we can. What the hell happened here? Hold on. There you are. Right. You guys see that? Yep. So I've had it all the way to 1986. Here, the, this one here just says uh. Redbud, May 22nd, 2004. Who won? Any kind of, uh, you know, how much money I made. If I didn't win, who did win? Southwood, Massachusetts. There's Gus won that one. I think Hit won this one. There's uh, Far won that one. Natalie, you, John, look, Gainesville, Florida, we took me out. Let's see, Natalie won. <laughs> I got all the races I've ever raced in my life on these papers here. Hold on. That's- you know, that is really cool. I, I kind of wish I had done stuff like that, and I never did. I, you know, it's funny. Is a lot of times, even on the podium, I'd give my damn trophies away. Okay. Yeah. I've raced 534 nationals. And you won 34. I won 34, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You won 33, though. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, hey, that's still pretty special, I think. It's pretty slick. Yeah. Huh? I mean, something I did when I was a kid, I just kept on doing it. I got, Dang, did I got, you win 35? I won 47 nationals. No, I, th- I think I only won motocrosses. 
Pardon? What's that? I think I only won three motocrosses, and then I think I won – I don't know how many TTs I won. I won a lot of TTs. Hey, this is something else. I'll show Lenny this. You see, these are all the national – remember before we had our permanent numbers? All the yeah. national numbers I won. I kept my, I kept my nose pieces. Huh. Uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, you remember old Miro Frey Shepard, Team Bad Boy, making time for racing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's kind of cool, huh? <laughs> Here's, the, here's one, Shane. Go like this. Hold on. TT racing. <laughs> he looks, it looks like a toy that he's riding. <laughs> you might have done well, better on TT if you'd have got off the LT80. Right? <laughs> you know, he wasn't a bad TT rider. He just he stopped building. <laughs> Too damn big. <laughs> I don't blame him. I don't blame him. Problem is, he'd be getting over on the side, leaning his knee would be dragging the ground. Yeah. Right? I just want to rock it. Yeah, you guys were... on the air filter would have helped your starts, Joe. What's that? A little propylene oxide would have helped your starts. <laughs> I did that already. That didn't work. <laughs> you know how many times he pushed his bike to the start? No. <laughs> right? I tried all that shit. Nothing helped. It wasn't, it wasn't just to keep the damn engine cool. I can tell you that was Hey, every seven pounds is a horsepower. Shane hits 140 pounds. I was 220 pounds, so he had like 30 horsepower on me already. <laughs> Shane was a bad dude on TT, I'm telling you that. He was a bad dude in motocross, but he was really good in TT. Uh, gentlemen, I really appreciate you taking some time with ATV Talk and and sitting down and and uh, all, all fun in the side. Um, you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up because. Joe's going to really, really put the thumb on me if I don't. Uh, my son, Danny, collects paraphernalia. Uh, uh, paraphernalia. Paraphernalia, thank you. He's got a jersey from Shane hanging in his garage. He's got a jersey of Joe's hanging in his garage. And there's one guy's jersey that's still not hanging in his garage. Uh-oh. Looks like I'm going to tell you. Who's with that? You know what? I'll get him a. I have some shift ones. Some really cool shift ones from back in the day. You'll have to get me all your info. Email uh, it to me. I'll email and, uh, it to you. you. Just go that email that I sent you today. Yeah. Be on there. Okay. And, uh, and my, I'm not Lauren. Are you not really? Yeah. Let there you go. <laughs> uh, I was going to correct you early, but it's no big deal. Yeah. I just realized that I said that, but it's just. Yeah, well, you know, it, it is yeah. what it is, brother. It is what it is. Well, I, I have really enjoyed this. Um, all, all fun in the side. You guys are awesome. You, you're great champions. You're you're beacons of light in our industry, and we need we need more of this. We need you guys to get out there and do everything you can to help the sport grow. I know that Joe's started to do some schools. You're going to some races, John, and helping out. Shane, I I think that you need to start getting up a little earlier and start joining in on the help. Um, and I did. Daytona. You did make it to where? Oh, I went to Daytona. Yeah, but drinking beer and hanging out with Jeremy Shell is not helping the other one. <laughs> That's not helping the sport there, bro. <laughs> that, that was bike week, wasn't it? <laughs> hey, so we need to hey, we need to come up with a legends race. Twenty thousand dollars to the winner. I'm in. Can you get this money in? I'm in. Let's do it. All John right, Joe, Joe, Shane, Joe, Shane, Shane says it's gotta be TT though. Oh, oh Shane. 
No, I can't, I, we can't raise TT. He'll win everything. We got we got to make him work it. <laughs> He's got to get off the couch. He's got to earn it. I need to lose some weight. I can, work, I can work out in your gym, Joe. Yes, sir, you can. Work out. Hey guys, let's let's do this. Let's do this right. Make it multidiscipline. There you go. You know, Shane's got some desert experience. So does Joe. John, you might have raced some desert stuff, haven't you? There you go, Shane. I raced a couple of work work series. I don't I wouldn't classify this desert, but I would I'd rather just beat Joe at what he thinks he's good at. There you go. Oh, there you go. It's getting deep now. <laughs> a gentleman's bet, you know, like 50 bucks. Yeah. You know what? I would hey, what the hell happened to the $20,000 purse? I was digging that. Well, who's going to freaking put it? Who's going to pay for it? <laughs> so tight ass Joe's not going to give any money. I'll throw some <laughs> money in. Well, Joe, you <laughs> brought it up. Ain't throwing it in. You're just giving it. <laughs> hey, Shane, can you lift that? <laughs> That weighs more than he does. My dick tongue, tongue rolls with that thing. <laughs> tongue rolls. Let's money in. Hey, five. No, let's do three laps. Don't do five laps. That's too much. Let's do three laps. It's getting shorter. Kind of like four hole shots. Three lap race. 20 grand. Four hole shots. Hole shots? Yeah. You ain't never pulled a hole shot on me lately. Me? Oh, I, I pulled more hole shots in 2006 than anybody in their career has. That's because I wasn't racing. Everybody <laughs> gets exactly right. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, if you guys want to do this, you know, we have to start, uh, you know, beating the pavement and getting some sponsors and, and pick a track and uh, get the word out, you know. Got to be Loretta Lynn's. No, 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 Joe. You had too many wins there. You can't go to Loretta Lynn's. Well, I do my. Hey, I'm always up for racing. I love that shit. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and I actually would like to come to Redis. I in this 250 R building, I want to ride it. I'm riding a two stroke. My God, I'll, I'll, I'll take my two stroke down too. John, you well, got both. I'm riding four stroke. <laughs> well, no, if we're racing, I'm racing a four stroke because I never hardly went on two stroke. But I just said I'll, I'll pull my two stroke down. I forgot that there's no no bottom end on a two stroke. Last time I rode a two stroke, I had done a damn thing about half a lap. Those <laughs> things have no torque at all. No, I forgot. You know, you got to. Well, that's why every single time I go on a freaking four stroke when they come out, I blow it up. <laughs> you, you guys just never had good two strokes. They're all two strokes. Well, we didn't have the fucking cheaters. Well, you know, two stroke, but you did. You know what's funny about that is I remember the first time I rode a Sparks motor. Well, Sparks built me a couple of motors. And he's like, I want you to try these out. We were at uh, <coughs> Buzz Creek, Maryland. And I never thought I'd ever say it, but he built me one and I come back in. I said, it's too fast. Like I couldn't hold on to the damn thing. He'd come out of the corner. And I think he said it was 65 horsepower. And Holy it shit. Was just, it was like a light switch. Then. There was nothing, nothing, nothing. And then it was worse than a banshee. It would just come on like a freaking rocket. There's my best two-stroke right there. Well, you can ride that at Loretta's. I can ride. I won at Loretta's on that. Kicked your ass. You and Fars both asked for a Loretta lens. 2000, no, 95. Remember that? That's probably because I wrecked on the way to the starting gate and knocked myself out. <laughs> I think it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's exactly what happened. Hey, my story. <laughs> oh, dude, that's just too funny. Oh, Varner did that engine. Terry Varner. 
I wish I wish Michelle would have been up for that story because she can tell it way better than me because she remembers everything. Well, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to have her come on and tell her tell that story. No doubt, it's interesting. It's hey, can you guys believe that we ever raced these things? I never well, did. I, I never rode a three wheeler. Oh my god! I, rode, I, rode, I never raced. Right, right before I hung it up, I rode. I'm like, oh, I about killed myself. Hell with that. Marty Hurts a legend. <laughs> you have any banshees, Joe? I I had some. I don't. I didn't keep them because when I had my Honda contract, they would let me allow allow me to have anything but Honda in my in my shop. So I never did get to keep them. But I I, I do want some. I wish I could get some. Some things are sweet. They they are pretty cool. Yeah. I remember you raced one. I raced one. Remember we raced Eichner on one, and uh, he talked a lot of shit. And I like to choke him, but he, um, yeah, we we did good. I mean, you had a of course yours was junk, but you did pretty good on it. Everything I had was junk until I, I you know what? And it, the very first decent bike I ever got on was a Nax bike. It was what? Nax racing. Nax, old Darren Nacrow. You guys remember him? That poor guy. God rest him. Yep. That's too funny. You guys talking about all that old stuff. I remember all of it. Yep. God, we go back a long ways. All of us talking. I mean, we're talking about eighties. Yeah. And I still feel like I'm in my twenties. I don't. Feel, yeah, I'm a little heavier now, but I still feel good. I mean, I'm, thank God. I'm, I've been blessed. I'm so healthy, and I still ride every once in a while. Do my schools, but yes, I mean, I've been I've been blessed. I think we're all been blessed. We all. Yes. Yes. Other than Lenny, there, we're all good looking guys. I mean, shit, we're doing pretty good. I think. I'm the only one that freaking still has a full-time job. <laughs> oh, shit. And, and I didn't think I was busy enough, so I started this. Right? Right? Yeah. No, really, the, the, the deal is, is, is John, I, I know you haven't heard this, but uh, Joe and, and Shane has. ATV Talk came about because of the story. Nobody knows the history. Nobody knows the story. Nobody, nobody's telling your story. Nobody's talking about it. And, and that really was, was weighing on me pretty heavy over the last few years. And I want the youth because so many young guys have no clue what it was like and what we went through and right. the learning curve with stock A-arms and stock shocks. And, Dude, and you remember seeing pictures of you and I seen Shane and John, stock shocks, stock A-arms. I mean, one for Duncan racing and Shane Head and Natalie and, you know, uh, JP racing and Legger. The sport wouldn't even be here. I mean, we carried the sport for 20 years. Oh, yeah, we, it was all about the love of the sport. and love, We did it for the fun of it. Yeah, we didn't make all money back then. Well, and, and I'm glad that everybody got money and made money. I mean, I've made a living at it and I've got to do amazing things. But we've lost for the love of the sport. Yeah. You know? That's a hundred percent true. Nobody has ethic, work ethic, or, or drive, or everybody has to have. Like I don't know, Joe. Obviously, you never had a trainer. Shane, did you have a, a trainer when you were racing? And, I didn't know. You know. Closest thing I ever come to training was when I go down and stay with Donnie. But I, 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 I <laughs> hey, Shane I, never trained. He's a natural, naturally gets the fucker you ever seen. So well, what, what I mean now is like, you know, we, I. I can remember just busting ass and and, and doing it. I remember getting up at six o'clock in the morning, going out to ride a motor, moto, the motor blowing up, working on it for a couple of hours, and getting two motos in in a day. But it took me 
18 hours to get those motos in. And then I still had to go to the gym and do my jog and do my workout because I knew that Joe Bird and Doug Gus and all those guys were going to be in shape. And if I was went home and was sitting on my ass, there's no way I was going to beat them. And nowadays, it's like these guys don't have that motive. None of them. I mean, no, I think I Chad does, and even Joel. But they, well, Joel has a trainer too. They can't do it by themselves. They don't. No, they, don't. they can't. You know, yeah. one thing I did have, John, I had a uh, uh, a poster of you on my my gym wall. You should throw darts at it, and so yeah. that helped. Me, that motivated me. Right. Well, at least that was a help, you know. Yeah, you helped me train. Yeah. Right. And it, and it's funny because actually, you know. It, it was always, where was your rival at the time? Because I remember me and Doug were having a rivalry there for a while. That's all I thought about when I was training is beating him. And then it was you and me, and all I thought about was beating you. And and, and, it, and, it, and it, that's what helped you, motivated you. I didn't, I didn't pay some trainer to come in and send me sheets that I had to fill out and everything else. I did it because I had to drive that I wanted to win. And, right. and at the end of the day, if I, didn't, if I didn't do well, it was my own fault. I, I couldn't blame it on anybody else. You're right. And that just, you're right. It just, I don't see that today. You know, even, even Shane, we all like the kid Shane, he never trained enough, but Shane even rolled, he trained his ass off before Shane hit. <laughs> but you just don't have that no more today. They, they always want a personal trainer. You got everybody with a bunch of prima donnas out there. That's why there's only two winners. That's right. Well, I look at it, I look at it this way. You know, I spent a lot of time with Doug Eichner and, you know, you sink the nail on that perfect setup, not very many times in a year. And I remember that guy riding some things that I missed because we didn't have a shock guy at the track. We didn't have some of this stuff. You were having to take the the, the springs you had with the valving you had and, and run it. And uh, more than once I didn't do it right and, and get it right. And that guy'd go out and ride that thing and, and, and come back with a smile on his face and just happy to be there. And, uh, you know, he won a lot of races and, and, and did a lot of, uh, you know, did a lot of good on that machine, but I don't, I don't have a rider now that I can picture that I've dealt with in the last 10 years that has any grit that can do that. Right. Yeah. They just, as, as soon as something doesn't go right, it's just, <laughs> And I guess the, the one thing I can say about me, and it was probably a downfall, is I never blamed the bike. I always blamed me. So instead of actually trying to look at the bike and find things that could have made it better, I was probably overtraining myself a lot of times because I thought, oh, it's me, it's me. And I, and I think that I was on the total opposite end of the spectrum of where I should have been. I should have been in the middle somewhere because there is a point where it, you have to get the bike right. But I was at the point where it was all me. I wanted to blame me because I felt like it, it was my fault. I didn't train hard enough for, I, you know, I didn't do something right. So I think that was one of my biggest downfalls when it comes to racing. Well, it, it, you live and learn, man. You just yep. learn, you just, you just get old too soon. That's right. Yep. Well, well that's, that's why, yeah. you know, I've, I've told a lot of kids that I've worked with, I'm like, man, if you would just listen, just listen to what I'm telling you, do it exactly the way I'm saying. And you can, completely skip all the bullshit that I went through and you can go right to the next point of doing what you need to do to be a champion. And, but to get them to actually listen and to follow through, don't listen while you're there. And Joe, Joe will tell you, well, you're there and you're going pointing here and you're pointing there. They'll do it all day long. As soon as you leave, well, the girlfriend called or I want to go fishing or I need to get out in the woods or, uh, you know, me and the buddies is going to drink beer tonight. They don't have no accountability. Yeah. Yeah, they just they can't do it. All right, Shane, I see Shane yawning over here. Shane's getting this ball to sleep on us. Right. 
Uh, I'm not falling asleep. I'm just listening. (laughs) (laughs) That's the scary part. (laughs) That's another thing that made Shane a great racer. He paid attention. Oh, yeah. And you notice I like to talk, so I never paid attention. So it took me a lot longer to figure out the shit that he figured out while I was talking. Yeah, you talk too much for sure. Yeah, yeah Shane, how did you come up with all the, the TT knowledge? Where did it come from? You know, a lot of it come from Curtis. A lot of it come from Wayne. And just, you know, when I grew up, I was close to some TT tracks. I didn't, I mean, I'm just like John and, and Joe was. I mean, every weekend I pretty much raced motocross. And, but then they're asked to be able to have a couple races. And then there was another track close to us called uh, Deerfield that had, had a couple races. And it's just, it was just experience. You know, I went there, you know, and, and tried different stuff and, and just found out what worked. But a lot of it was just a lot of, a lot of my success was Curtis. I mean, because, you know, he'd raced all those years. So I took everything that he had learned or everything that he had learned and helped me. Um, and it was, you know, between Curtis and then having Wayne to do the shocks, I figured out fairly early that TT racing was shocks were really important. And, uh, back then a lot of people didn't even mess a lot of you know, early years. We just ran stock shocks, lowering kits and stuff on them. But once I figured out the different lengths of shocks that you needed, you know, and to slug them and, and, uh, you know, I carried around, I probably had 12 sets of shocks, TT shocks with me every every different length there was. Um, and, and really, I mean, it was just a matter of, to me, was getting the right shocks on. So, uh, a lot of people just didn't have that and they didn't know to change that. And they didn't even know I was changing them, but what really, what hurt me was, um, was the fact that Wayne done all that stuff for me and he was, he worked in Timmy, Timmy and Mark's trailer. So if I went out and beat Timmy's ass, you know, and, and, you know, you know, an hour later when we went out for the pro-am race, Timmy had the same stuff I had because right. Wayne, Wayne knew what I had on. So it was a double-edged sword, you know, it helped me win, but you know, I mean, it was giving Timmy information too. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I think just some, just, I just had an act for riding that stuff, I guess. I mean, just like they were, they had an act for riding motocross. They were better than I was at motocross, but I was, I was probably a little better at TT. So I don't know. I was just, I don't know. I just like to ride. <laughs> John, we ain't had a lot better at TT. <laughs> you know, one of the things that you guys miss about Gary Denton is you have to, you have to go back in his history and look, he was a professional racer and raced 12 years plus before he started racing ATVs. So he came in with a whole different level of knowledge when he started racing with all you guys. And nobody realized that. Well, you know, the thing about Gary and and I'm friends with Gary. I talk to him all the time still um, was, and I knew he raced dirt bikes, but I didn't realize how till the last five years, probably how good he really was on a dirt bike. If you go back and look at some of the stuff he posts on Instagram and Facebook of results and stuff, the guys he raced with, um, it's nuts. I mean, he raced with Ricky Johnson and, and, and beat some of those, some of those guys, you know, I was just kind of shocked, you know, Brock Glover. And, and I'm like, I didn't realize Gary was that good on a dirt bike, but yep. he, he just barely missed the big money. I mean, I, he did. He did. And he told, and he, and he says that, but I mean, you go back and look at the guys he's racing with and I'm like, wow. I mean, Gary yep. was, he was pretty good. He was. Yeah. I see. Yeah, you take that knowledge. Kind of cool seeing all the stuff you post lately. Yeah. It is, but you take that knowledge and you roll it into our sport 
And I don't think that Gary was better than Doug Gust, or I don't think Gary was better than, than you, Shane. I think in the ultimate thing, when you break it down for his eight titles and his Mickey's title, he was smarter. Oh, he was. Yeah. yeah. And he had the most he help. I mean, you think back when we were starting, you know, especially us three, we were on the East Coast. And that he was like the golden boy. I mean, he lived out there where he could ride all year long. You know, our weather sucks back here in the winter, but Gary could ride in the winter. He he knew all the sponsors because he came, you know, he rode for Suzuki. So when they pulled the plug, he still still was able to carry over most of his sponsors and go talk to them and test. And and he had Wayne Henson in his back pocket. That didn't hurt either. No, so at all. Yeah, I mean, Gary had a huge advantage there for a while, but I mean, you can't take away his talent, you know. He yeah, made he's a, definitely way more prepared. Way more prepared. And, and when you when you say smart, one of the biggest things I remember about him is if he was running in third, you know, first place and two people passed him, he never panicked. He's fuck it, I'll, I'll take third because yeah. Yeah. that's how I'm gonna win my I'll get thirds all year long because yeah. I know the guy that's winning is gonna get tenth tomorrow and I'm still gonna get third. Yeah, and, he was, and it worked for him every time. He never fought for those. Like, he wouldn't let it happen, but he didn't fight to where he would take himself out. He always finished. I don't think I ever remember Gary crashing. Yeah. I've only I, seen him crash twice. Once at Loretta Lands when he lost the championship with Tafar and once in Texas. And I've been doing it for 33. I did it for 33 years. I've only seen him crash twice. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah and, he, and, and he would have won the ninth title if he wouldn't have crashed in, in Loretta's. Yep. Yeah. And the thing that, that Gary told me one time when we were talking was he knew the points every time he was on the track, he had, he already had the points figured up in his head. So he didn't, so he knew if a guy passed him, it didn't, you know, if he, if he really had to get back by that guy or if he needed if he needed to, to, you know, try and stay in front of that guy, he just, I mean, he had all the points figured out in his head, you know, yeah. all. So I don't know. He was, he, he, he's quite a character. I like that, that dude. <laughs> yeah he is uh i still talk to him as well he's a funny guy yeah he is he is i enjoy the stories you know out of all the people that i've ever met um he was a champion and i go to my first mickey's race you know and i'm standing under our tent you know or the duncan tent you know with my brother there and i don't even remember who the who the who the riders were but gary denton comes up on his bicycle, talks to Lauren, and then looks at me like I'm somebody and sticks his hand out and says, Hey, I'm Gary Denton. Pleasure to meet you. And I'm, you know, that stuck with me. I think that that's what, what everybody that needs to do when you're in the spotlight of ATV world, you have to stick your hand out to everybody, the kids, the 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 race moms the 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 dads that are just starstruck by a pro rider talking to their kid uh, you, you know you just have to always put your hand out and say hey i'm a real person too it, it's it's funny you say that i remember one year at loretta lens i was watching it and i was like to watch the amateurs because believe it or not you can learn stuff off of them when you're out there and i was watching the amateurs and, and this kid broke down and it was 180 degrees in the shade down there. I think it always is. And he's trying to push his bike off. And I mean, you know, he's a smaller kid, about chain size. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> nobody's helping him. I screw it. I jumped the fence, ran out and helped them. And we pushed it back to his pits. And, and I was like, oh, thanks. I'm like, yeah, no problem. And he didn't know. I didn't think he realized who I was. And I was walking away. And here comes his dad and mom running over trying to hand me money. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? 
And I go, oh, you, you know, you're John, you can't do that. I said, listen, I said, if you ever see me broke down, I said, come out and help me push my damn bike. That's all I ask. You know, that's, <laughs> and they, you know, they still, I, must have been maybe, I don't know, three years ago, I, I went to Loretta's and those people come up to me. I had no idea who they were. They're like, you remember me? I'm like, no. And I mean, the kid was bigger than me then. And uh, I was like, no. He's like, I'm that kid that you help push off the track. And, you know, and I was like, no shit. I said, that's awesome. I said, well, you never paid me back. <laughs> I said, you never helped me push a damn bike off. So, but it, it's interesting that Christ, that would, that, I mean, that'd be 25 years later. And, and they remembered me for that. So it's interesting that you say that kind of stuff because in this, in this world and in, in this industry and in, in the movie industry and in the, in the music industry, the people forget that without your fans, you're nobody. It's like, the fans are what makes you. So you need to treat them. They are gold to you. You might seem like gold to them, but they're really your gold. And, and so many people in every industry that people look up to forget that. You're right, John. You know, Shane never had any fans, so he don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> I had a couple. His <laughs> dad was, was like, down. did you ever sign an autograph, Shane? Uh, just to Joe's girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> she still can't get that off her chest. <laughs> oh, 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 God. I love it. I love it. Gentlemen. Al knows his sister, Lisa. Oh, my God. Hey, I know some <laughs> girl, you with her. Right Alan's going to be calling She's you told up, me stories about you in the elevator. <laughs> yeah. They're not all true. Don't believe them. Uh, poor Charlie Shepard. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? We You guys never mentioned him. That guy was freaking tough as nails, man. Yeah. Uh, he was sure. Another one naturally gets a guy never trained a day in his life. Just a Sasquatch, but he was fast as hell. He was. He was really good. Charlie stayed with me a couple of times in the summer. He when he was doing the nationals, he'd come stay at the house. Um, yeah, he was. He was. He was really, really good. He was way better than I ever was. That's for sure. He was a good TT rider too. He could ride both. Yeah, yeah. Charlie could ride both. Do you remember? Do you remember Boyd? Boyd Calvert? No, Boyd, Boyd Texas. Oh, Boyd Texas. Yeah, I, I was there once or two. I was there a couple times, I think. Well, Charlie's leading the race, and he's four days off of breaking his collarbone, and he's got a half a lap lead, and Baker was in second. And Baker's got a quarter lap lead on the field. Okay, so Charlie's just destroying him. He go, he dives into that long straightaway. As you dive into that right, that, that uh, left-hander at the end of the straightaway, the really tight yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. And his collarbone breathe broke. Oh. So oh. You, you could, you, the way John said that, you know the pain. And yeah. he rode around to like lap 18 before Baker passed him. Oh. Yeah. Hey, you know, that track is still there. John, you know, you work with the Fords. It ain't yeah. far from where the Ford brothers racing tracks. Well, that's there. what I told them that whenever I was out there. Yep. Yep. I went by there a couple of times a few years ago when I was there. Still there. Yeah. Got my Mike kid, I think, used to own it. I don't know if they do they still race there or do anything there anymore? 
I don't know. It's still there. I think they do cars or something. I don't know what they do, but yeah. the facility's still there. They have they have the cars, but I think the motor track. I think the motor track's not there. Did uh, we, we? I don't know. If, I can't remember. I know Joe did. Do you? I think you probably did too, didn't you, John? Do you remember going down to Texas when we used to go there down there over the Fourth of July weekend, and we'd race for basically about two weeks. We'd run a TT the first weekend, and we'd race all week long, and then do a do the motocross and come home. Yeah, down there over the Fourth of July weekend. It was 118 degrees. Oh, was wasn't that Thunder Mountain or something? Do you remember? Do you remember the year that when everybody was going by the the pro pits, people were throwing water on them when we were going by? That was Wolf Creek Motocross. Was that Wolf Creek? Yep, I remember that. I that was the hot. I mean, I thought I was going to die. (laughs) That was the worst I've ever felt in my entire life. I can remember. That was 30 years ago, and I remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah, yeah. I remember it too. That's when you jumped on my head. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I couldn't see. I was sweating too bad. <laughs> didn't, didn't Charlie lead most of that first moto that year? He might have. Charlie was good. Well, he Charlie was fast. He, he pulled into the pits, and he was crying, and he apologized and said, I just can't ride anymore. It hurts too bad. <laughs> it was hot. I'm telling you. It was enough. Wolf Creek was one of them. And then what was the other motocross? Was that Thunder Mountain where they had the motocross and the TT at the same yeah, place? That same, yeah, there's uh, yeah. Thunder Mountain with the motocross. Yep. I never yeah. got to go there. Yeah, I think yeah. that's where Jeff Beck was all one time there. Yeah. That's where you give me those shots at. Is that where it was? Yep. I'm glad you can remember. Did he? Did, <laughs> are you sure you gave them to him or he just didn't steal them out of your truck? Oh, uh, who knows? Him or I give him to Al Knowles or someone to borrow in. I think maybe I give him to Al and he gave him to Joe or something, but I used all Wayne's stuff. I don't even know why I ended up with him or how I ended up with him, but they were nice stuff. They um, were good stuff. Yeah, I don't mean they're big ass shocks, though. It was rear, there was rear shocks, is what they was. Um, but they were valve for the front. I mean, they were yeah. big bombs. They were they were super nice, but I don't know. I don't know up with them, but they were brand new, and I, I think I gave them to Alan Knowles, or or I gave them to Joe, and maybe Alan gave them back to me or something. Did you, did you ride for CT? Was you riding for I CT? Ride, I did ride for CT, yeah. That's when I won those uh, Mickey Thompson's 94 for my first two races. That's probably how it was then. I think somehow I got them from Alan. Alan I always got along with Alan, and, and uh, oh, he, got mad, he got mad at me one year. We went to Pont de Vue, and he sent me over there with Nick Grunland, and I went over there with Nick. Of course, we're riding the same bike, and Nick's like size of Joe, and I'm just kind of a little guy. And uh, every time I rode the bike, the damn thing would get hot and start missing and quit, and I'd have to push it back. And uh, so Nick Grunland would get on it. He'd ride it. He could ride the damn thing for an hour and never miss a beat. I'd get on it go about <laughs> three or four laps, and it get hot and quit. So finally, we pushed it back after about the third time, and Nick Grunland said, you're riding it too hard. I said, what? He said, yeah, you're just riding it too hard. Don't ride it so hard. I said, well, it is a race. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but Nick could ride the damn thing all day long, and it'd run fine. So I'd make about three laps, and it's something get hot and quit, and I'd have to push it back. So, yeah. <laughs> <Too funny. laughs> Gentlemen, funny. I know it's getting late there. We've been talking for, for almost two hours. Um, I really appreciate the time. And as always, Joe knows this, Shane knows this, and John, this this now falls to you. Is is I, I want to invite you all back to come on the show um, and sit down and talk stories. Uh, John, you're the only one that hasn't done a a, a solo 
with me uh, talking about your career and where you started and everything. Um, I hope that we can work that out and, uh, and have you on and, and tell your story to everybody. Uh, and Joe, I want to thank you for keeping it lively and, and uh, you know, for all the, the BS that was talked, uh, you guys are special people and I don't want you to ever forget that. And I know that the industry wouldn't be where it is without you. Can you tell well, my wife that? <laughs> tell my wife that, please. <laughs> uh, the letter I sent your wife is is not going to do you any favors. <laughs> so hey, John was a hard one to uh, get. He he's he playing mind games, but he barely got him on here tonight. So he's a tough cookie to get. John, John my, hey yeah, John, mom. John kept it clean because he brought his daughter in there, and we couldn't talk. That's about right. It. That's right. Yeah, exactly. That's what she. And I know better. She'll whip my butt and tell her mom, and then I'll really get my butt. Whooped, so I got to be careful. <laughs> but I, you know, hey, I have but, a, hey, the challenge still stands, brother. Five thousand dollars I put up for three lap race. Whoa, 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 whoa! It was twenty a minute ago. Now, oh, and, oh yeah, but twenty thousand dollars first. I'll throw in five myself. I'm gonna get we'll find out. somebody else to throw in the other 15 and me or Shane and me and Shane are in. Yeah, well, no, we'll get sponsors. I mean, Duncan's gonna throw in five, Shane will throw in five. Whoa, 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 five. whoa, whoa. I never said I was throwing in shit. I'm gonna <laughs> come and watch. <laughs> well, we, we're gonna race or not. Shit, let's you go. Bet. What do you mean? You ain't going to race. You're just gonna be handed over to me. Well, now he's dreaming of a wake up, silly. Well, you're sleeping. You're sleeping over there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I go three laps. Yeah, you don't got me a four stroke. Walk three three laps, Shane, say that again. He couldn't walk three laps around the donut shop right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I can't right now. No. <laughs> hey, no, but but you're for sick, I'm not going to give you freaking eight weeks to train. I'm going to give you like three days. Oh, I'm good, man. Let's do it. <laughs> right? Oh, I'm, I'm ready to do All kinds of shit. <laughs> hey, we'll have a run with your brother. I don't care. Run yeah, with your push, okay. Hey, John, let's push your quads up the driveway again. He'll beat you this time, Joe. Hey, no, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make it a fifteen hundred foot driveway, and then we'll see who gets here. All right, let's do it. And we're putting a donut shop halfway up. Your ass is done. <laughs> <laughs> All know. right. Here to the tortoise and the hare. Joe would be like the hare. He'd be running off. He'd stop for a donut, and I'll just blow right on by like a little tortoise. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like donuts now. You can't tell. <laughs> yeah, but Jane will already be sitting at the other end going, where are you say that? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm not pushing shit. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you Shane ain't pushing nothing. No, oh, no. Shane's got the tie down out, hooked to freaking John's bike, and John's doing all the pushing. I guarantee that's, that's what happened. That sounds like something Joe would do. That's a, that's a Joe move. Uh, dirty bird. Uh, but hey, he wouldn't get caught. No, <laughs> he'd have to pay the fine. Or five. Yeah, it's five, it'll be a five thousand dollar fine. He's putting five grand on. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. You're learning now. You guys are killing me, man. Again, thank you so much, everybody, for coming on. And I will be in touch with uh, some information that I need. Joe and Shane are familiar with it. Um, but, John, I'll, uh, I do need a phone number. I'll email you some information. And, and what I do is I send you some information via text message um, and email. And we, uh, 
to promote the episode. No and, and there again, it's all about promoting you guys. Uh, really, this isn't about me. This is all about you guys. Well, I got to wait three days because I've been kicked off Facebook for 30 days because I got a big mouth. So three more days, I'm allowed back on. Well, this episode won't air for quite a while, but I will be in touch with you. Um, I have to sit down with my, uh, my, my people that help me do this. And, uh, we're probably going to bump, bump this episode into the schedule sooner. Yes, Joe. We can John, you like that? John, you like that? Get used to it, John. Hey, why is Joe always showing rear ends? Well, which wife likes, you know, he has that rear end fetish. Let's oh yeah, y'all 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 are real familiar with that view, right? Yeah, but usually your usually your wife was on it. Well, she uh, she definitely way better. Yeah, she she I can she definitely way pretty on that meme. She got a better ring than I do. Thank God! Thank God! Thank God! I hope so. Got bigger titties than I do too. <laughs> well, I don't know, Jim. I don't know about that. Hey, hey. <laughs> Oh, hey, it was I'm clean. All, it was uh, clean for a minute. <laughs> all uh, right. You know, hey, listen, I appreciate you having us, having me. I'm sure those guys appreciate it too. And uh, Joe, it was good talking to you. Shane, definitely good talking to you. I haven't seen you forever. I talked to Joe a bunch, but uh, haven't really talked to you. But uh, yeah, I, I think I did more talking than than most. But <laughs> it's been a pleasure well, seeing you. Yeah, John. John's always got diarrhea in the mouth. Yep. Shane didn't talk as much as I figured he was going to. These two guys are going at it. I just let him pull the gloves off and get it. That's right. He's a little slow. You know, he's that West Virginia slow bus. You know, those short bus? Yeah, a little yellow bus that goes around town. That's him. That's the he one I drive. That's the one I drive. You see the guy licking the windows? That's Joe. <laughs> <laughs> With the helmet on. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, no, they had the, they had the kit gloves on tonight. I I, I thought it was going to get a little more uh, risque than it did. Thank you, John, for bringing your daughter in. Uh, that was <laughs> that was a good tactic, you know. That kind of saved it. Yeah, he's lucky. I was going to let the gloves fly, but he's, you know, sometimes John comes down with a case of the pusitis, and you just have to go with it, you know. No, I think and this he, time was a tactical win for John. Right. Uh, oh, okay. You know, you know what's funny, and I, and I'll tell you the God's honest truth about this. My daughter loves to be seen she loves she's she's a pre-professional they call it. she's 11 she's a pre-professional dancer she goes on all over, over the country and dances in fact we're going to be going to florida next month for nationals she qualified for some of the biggest dances in the in the basically i guess the world we'll call it the country but she loves to be the center of attention so when there's somebody she doesn't we have a lot of zoom business meetings and she tries to come in and sit on and on. I'm like, no, 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 no. It was funny because when we first started this, she standing at the door with her face pressed against the glass <laughs> of the office. So can I come in? I'm like, yeah, come on. And she's like, Whoa. she was excited about it. So she, 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 she actually slept in a chair there for, I don't know, 20 minutes, half hour. It was probably close to an hour. Was she it really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love being a center of attention. We know. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Eh? You're right. And Joe, and you you try to steal the show always. Hey, you ain't first or last. He's good at it. <laughs> yes, he, <laughs> uh, any final thoughts, guys? Hey, I just want to say thanks for having me on. Thanks. Good talking to you, Shane, John. 
I mean, real, a lot of respect here. Lenny, thanks for having us on here. This was good, good fun. Um, let's hope we can do it again. Well, yeah. I definitely, definitely want to get you guys back on. Um, it, it, remember, it's all about you guys because without people like you guys doing the things you did and putting on the show and, and helping grow our sport, we wouldn't be here at all. Hey, you got two legends here in front of me. I appreciate them being on here with me. It's an honor. Thanks, man. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. Um, it's good seeing you, John. I can't remember the last time I saw you. It's been forever, but um, it's good seeing you, buddy. And and uh, I'll see good talking to you and Joe. Uh, it's been fun. Um, yeah, anytime you're uh, up for it or whatever, Lenny, just uh, let me know and we'll get on here and see what other kind of lies we can bring up. <laughs> right. My right. stomach doesn't hurt as bad as when we had Jeremy on here with you and Corey, but uh, you know, I don't know if I'm going to recover from this one for a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, you know, again, Lenny, I do appreciate you having me, and I know it's tough to get get me nailed down right now. We're our, our company's super busy and growing by leaps and bounds. It's a, it's a problem, but not a problem right now. And, uh, I had some family issues I had to deal with. My mom's in the hospital, but uh, we made it work, and, and uh, it, it's all good. Um, and Joe, pleasure as always. You have to fly up, and take me to dinner at some point. Yes, sir. Um, we'll come flying. Yep. I'll, I'll pay for the fuel. Um, oh, y'all heard that right? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm and Shane, charge you, right? Next time you go to Breezewood, Shane, somehow get hold of me. Uh, okay, I'll email him a number, text him a number, whatever. Joe's got it. However you want to do it. And, okay, uh, I'll go up with you. We'll do some cruising. Yeah, it'll be a good time, man. I, I like to go up there and uh, ride. It's it's fun and it's kind of a little bit of a release to get out and have a little bit of fun and and you know it, i'm so old and i'm not from that area so nobody even knows me and i just kind of go up there and just hang out and ride you know yep. that makes so, it fun no pressure no nothing just go ride right. i snuck up there one day on a monday there last year i think it was thinking it's gonna be nobody there and i show up and there's joel and uh nick Najusa or whatever and there's some of those guys were there so um it was kind of cool I, obviously i've known joel since he was little but it was kind of cool to go up there and ride with those guys but i just kind of like to go up there and just you know, just have, yeah so. well let's make it happen guys let's make it happen all right all right lenny thank you very much gentlemen you guys have a great night the team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. Brought to you by Take-Two Custom Tees. Screen printing experience that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industries building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.